the blob it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor right through the door and all around the wall a splotch a blotch be careful of the blob beware of the blob it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor right through the door and all around the wall a splotch a blotch be careful of the blob beware of the blob it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor Hello there ladies and gents, boys and girls. If you're boys and girls, you probably shouldn't be listening to this because it is definitely not safe for work because I definitely swear a whole lot. But if you've stumbled across this podcast and don't mind the odd C-bomb, welcome. This is Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour, episode 22. And uh, joining me in my virtual internet parlour of awesomeness at this episode is the absolutely lovely Lee Grice. Hello, Lee. Hello. Welcome to the parlour. Oh, it's very comfortable. Thank you very much for inviting me. <laughs> now, um, very nice. For those of you that don't know, uh, Lee already does a podcast with another person called Stacey, and um, she's quite amazing as well. I know you can't picture anybody as amazing as me, but this Stacey is pretty amazing, and that's called Small Press Big Mouth. Do you want to have a little talk about that before we start proper? Yeah, I can give it a plug if you like. It's it's just a um, podcast that... Um, me and Stacey do. It's all about um, small press comics and indie comics, um, web comics, all the kind of fringe kind of comic book stuff that doesn't really get covered a lot. So yeah, we I think we're up to like forty something episodes. We haven't recorded in an age really. We're well overdue, so we'll have to try and get another and do another one because I don't think we've we've put a, an episode out since June. But it's um, but it's worth checking out. And if I can remember that the night, the, it's it's on the uh, Geek Syndicate uh, website. So if you go to the Geek Winners, yeah, Geek syndicate website they've got the uh, the podcast listed up there or you can go to uh, or if you just google small press big mouth and we'll our blog will pop up there and Stacey. it's really good stacy's really funny i think it's something about you know obviously all people called stacy are cool so that is, that only... is true true fact true fact <laughs> um yeah. some are cooler than others i mean your stacy has uh, an amazing geordie accent which upsets me because my accent's pretty crap I know it's an old Brummy episode today, isn't it? Really, it is. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, no one's going to know what Brummie. the fuck's going on. No, especially if I start with my black countryisms, because uh, like my husband and all of his family are from like the Wensbury type area, and uh, yeah. so I've developed a little bit of the old black. Like the other day, what was I? Oh, I was at work yesterday, and I said, um, "No, you can't say that because your day do it." And they were like, "What do you mean, core and day? What are you on about?" And I was <laughs> like, "Oh." I mean, you can't say that because he didn't do it. <clears throat> anyway, uh, just as a, like a, a sort of preamble, uh, uh, I will warn everybody that I am currently suffering quite badly from sinusitis. I've like just retrieved my voice from the depths of phlegm that was the back of my throat, and um, I'm on a course of antibiotics. So I might not make a whole lot of sense to be found. Pretty dosed right now on like a ton of antibiotics and painkillers and that, because sinusitis has this wonderful tendency to make your face so jammed with snot that it gives you toothache somehow. It's absolutely mind-bogglingly horrible, and um, so yeah. If I, I just want to apologise in advance for any coughs or sniffs or <laughs> noises that I make uh, that I can't edit out for some reason, um, and I want to apologise to you as well, Lee, because I don't mean to have lurgy all over your episode, but um, shit happens, That's doesn't okay. it? Yeah, That's like I say, I'm happens. usually with a Geordie, so that works out to about the same. <laughs> 
ever get a word in edgeways with the will? <laughs> never. <laughs> never. Never get to put in. Only when she, you know, she stops to drink, then I have to leap in. When the wine comes out, then I can leap in with Sneaky. a few witticisms and opinions. Well, I'm going to let you just carry the show today because I'm going to, my voice is taking a backseat in this episode. So it's all about you today. Oh, well. I know. Yeah, I'm glad I dressed up for the occasion then. <laughs> Are you wearing a tux? Suit, suit and tie, yeah. Oh, love it. Love it. I've got, oh, I've got I... my white tie. I've been following the camera and I thought, yeah, that's, that's a good look. <laughs> I'm an arsehole. Yeah, that'll do me. I think that has now become the international symbol for arsehole. I think it is. <laughs> it's like if you're in a what arsehole, you know, it's just oh that guy's in a what yeah he's an arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got the white guy in the penguin too. Complete arsehole there. God, he's just a knob, eh? <laughs> oh, don't get me started. It's just every time, every morning, I sort of, well, you know, come on Twitter, or rather, I go on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not excited in the morning. Uh, you go on Twitter and it, it, it's just every morning someone's raging about something he's done. It's like oh fuck. No, I don't Again. need this grief every morning. Oh, dear. Well, let's not turn it into a political podcast because... Uh, no, I'd be out of my depth. Oh, well, it's not It's not that. It's just that I think I would just spend the entire time going, oh, what a cunt. Oh, an absolute cunt. Yeah. Uh, we're all at a certain point where kind of like discussions just out the window and it's yeah. just like they're just a bunch of fucking cunts. <laughs> they really they're are. Literally, just you know, <laughs> what is question time now? I'm sure there's just people. It can't surely can only be just people in the audience just going, "Why are you all just such cunts? Just, just die, just all of you. Just die. stop being cunts, please. <laughs> stop." Uh, by the way, hi, mom. Uh, hope you. <laughs> Sixty-five million drops of the C bomb today. <laughs> My mom actually uh, started listening to the show, and she uh, she texts me. She's like, "Oh yeah, it's really good. It's really funny. I really like all the people you've had on so far." But do you really have to say cunt so much? But <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Uh-huh. Anyway, and then you, you go, "Well, yeah, this is nothing. This is me being nice." <laughs> yeah, say it. Get me off, off the air when I've had a drink. I was going to say, she's never seen me at, like, the Thought Bubble uh, mid-con party when I've had a couple of glasses of wine and, oh, anywho. Um, yeah. So, moving away from the political and towards the pop culture, because okay. I'm so delightful, I'm going to let you take the reins and steer All right. the ship. And steer this ship. Yeah, stick with reins. I- I'm aware that I mixed my metaphors there, but I'm sticking with it. This this ship has reins. Well, actually, this isn't on, on, on the list, but... Have you- have you seen the trailer for Noah? That yeah, hit the... a lot of people in my Twitter feed are like, whoa, that looks cool. So that's... I've not seen the trailer. The poster was enough for me, and I thought, fuck that, no. <laughs> uh, you just think it's just the most, it's just the typical standard movie poster now, you know, with, with somebody with the back towards the camera with some kind of devastation in the in the background. And you're just thinking, it just looks so cheap. And I had a look, because you've, you've got, again, it's, you've got, Noah in the front again, looking mean and moody and like he's a kick-ass assassin. And with this big old fuck-off kind of tidal wave situation going on in front of him. And it's at a big old angle and you think, oh, well, that's that's badass. And then you realise that it's not actually a tidal wave. It's just a photo of a stormy sea that they've tilted at an angle. <laughs> to make it, Because you've got like mountains in the background pointing out at, at an angle. Oh, that's and you think, I know actually, you tilt it, so, you know, you t- tilt it down so the horizon is horizontal like it's supposed to be, and fucking Noah in the front is leaning a, a wicked <laughs> off to the side, like 
That sounds worse than my media studies attempt at doing a poster for a fake film that we made because <laughs> I don't know how to use computers. Uh, wow, that's pretty bad. And you just think, oh, for fuck's sake, the art of the post is just going down the toilets, you know. They can't even be asked anymore. I you know, you just think about the great movie posters, and now they literally, you think that must have taken them all of 15 minutes to bash out on a on Photoshop, you know. And you can you can bet that was just the second one. The first one was like with the normal scene. So why don't you just tilt the scene and make it more angry? I mean, yeah, okay. And that was it, done, job done. I'm going to have to check out the trailer now because that goes against everything that I've seen in my like Twitter and Facebook. Everybody's so excited for this. And I'm like, what's this thing that I'm not aware of that sounds cool? <laughs> I just, I, it's funny because I, I put it up on Facebook and I'm just going, what the fuck? And I've had a couple of people go, is that is that real? <laughs> is, that, is that a proper film that's actually been made? I'm gonna Noah, the action movie. I'm going to have a look at, uh, at your Facebook feeds. Um, while I'm doing that because I'm slow and rubbish, let's talk about something that's not the world's worst po- uh, poster for a film. I, uh, well, I literally just watched, because you made me aware of it, uh, the uh, the Night of the Doctor mini-episodes. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, actually, oh, my God. Um, I am a crap Doctor Who fan simply because... I have never made any effort to get into Classic Who or watch yeah. even the film that um, Paul McGann was in. So, oh, yeah, by the way, guys, spoilers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I just spoiled something, so here's a retroactive spoiler. And if you heard what I just said, that's your fault. Travel back in time. Spoilers here. Do it. <laughs> yeah, so I've got, like, no toys to, to Classic Who, so I don't really know any like about anything that's going on right now but that little like sort of it was about six minutes long and it was pretty pretty good wasn't it pretty good yeah it actually god bless because i mean it went on it went live at about noon i think it went live at at 12 uh, p.m and there were spoilers on on twitter from like two minutes past it was nobody had any kind of decorum whatsoever (laughs) It was just all like fucking McGann, <laughs> and he just fuck. And I was just glad that I I just happened to to because I was out, came back, put the computer on, and literally just went on the BBC and watched it without going on Twitter. And I was really pleased because I had no idea, and it t- I got the full brunt of the what the fuck I wasn't expecting this, and and nearly came in my pants. I thought it was awesome, <laughs> um, and then went on you know went on Twitter. I thought I'll be I'll be tactful. I'll just put the link and say nothing. You know, and we're on Facebook, I'll oh, just put the link, say nothing, let people discover it for themselves. And I'm wasting my time. Everybody else is just going on about McCann, this McCann, that. And I thought, Jesus Christ, it's been on, you know, 20 minutes and people can't, you know, just have a little consideration for people who might <laughs> be slightly slower than they are. How you didn't get spoiled, I have no idea. I've got no clue. Absolutely That's no a... clue. <laughs> I, I, did, I did not even know this fucking thing existed until you were like, hey, Stace, have you watched this? Because I want to talk about it on the show. I'm like, what are you talking about, mate? What are you <laughs> talking about? Um, so glad that you pointed me in the direction of that because if you just started talking about it just now, I'd be like, whoa, mate, what the fuck? Um, spoilers, fucking hell. Yeah, I mean, like, my only issue with it, and it is solely my fault, is the fact that because I'm not familiar with McGann, like, every time, because I've been watching it since, like, the, um, well, I watched it in a really weird order. I didn't start watching it when New Who started. I started at series three, and then I went back and watched one and two, and then I watched four when it actually was on the telly. 
<laughs> so I've seen like four or five and all the rest of the bollocks like as they were on. So like every time there's been a new doctor, I've had a lot of time to like get used to them and their outfit and their mannerisms yeah. and the way that they portray the doctor. So because I've got no ties to McGann, it was a bit like meh. But that being said, it gave you a really big insight into the the sort of like universal implications of the time war. Yeah. Um, because again, not being involved in classic Who, the Time War is just a, to me, it's just a thing that happened like pre Christopher Eccleston, um, and he wasn't, he was a bit sad about it. And it's <laughs> well, the time, well, that is that's all it existed. It, it's not from classic Who. That was totally like Russell T Davies's like invention for that backstory for for Eccleston. Oh. So, so it only so yet yeah, nobody knows anything apart from what we, the little bits we've we've been told. That's all there is. So that was like for for a, for a seven minute mini episode. That was a huge chunk of the jigsaw puzzle yeah. clicked into place. So I was kind that's... of assumed because it was so vague. It was because I was just like there was like so much other knowledge about it, and I just hadn't been a part of it. <laughs> yeah, it's but it was basically the same as what the Clone Wars used to be in Star Wars before you know Lucas did the prequels and just sucked any kind of joy at the fucking thing you know it was just like a, a mysterious huge event that happened in the in the background in the past that like affected the universe and just and people just talked about it it only existed as as a memory and as a as a conversation that the characters had mm. so it, it was pretty pretty amazing although there were there are some little easter eggs or, or little um callbacks to the classic series like the like the women in there who are the the sisterhood of khan i think they are they're from classic who they they appeared in a story called oh something of morbid brain of morbius so they would kind of been in there before but that's kind of although i think that's uh, that's setting seeds up because obviously we've reached a point now in like the doctor who mythology where he's at the end of his uh regenerations so they've got to come up with a clever way of, of keeping him going because he's only supposed to have uh, 13, uh, 12 regenerations. I think he's on 13 lives or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he's come to the end now anyway. Um, so they've got to come up with some clever way of, you know, keeping it going. And as you see in that little, little short that they're kind of, they've got a hyper like science and they can like control regenerations and, and gift regenerations and that kind of thing. Cause I always thought, although I watched uh, Doctor Who back in the day, I wasn't, the, I wasn't, I'm not the biggest uh, Hoovian in the world, anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff about it that I still don't know, and there's a lot of a lot of the older stuff I've not watched. So I I, I wasn't aware that kind of the regenerations weren't a natural part of like Doctor's kind of and the, and the the Gallifreyan Time Lords physiology that it's actually a, an artificial thing that's like that they inflict on themselves kind of thing, you know. Yeah. So it's it's kind of um so that yeah so they basically they've got to like find some way of extending these these regenerations which is where these characters come in because they've kind of got this this is oh i think as well as this just being kind of a clever way of a throwback to the for the for the old fans it's also uh setting up i think um a long game ahead uh which is what kind of moffat does mm-hmm. a lot of you know he kind of sets his seeds early but it's all good stuff and there's a nice little thing in there as well which which i don't know if you if you listen to any of the audio doctor who audio dramas that they've done like mcgann although mcgann only did the one television episode he did like the the, the pilot that was supposed to be for the american tv series um mm-hmm. that never happened which i really enjoyed at the time i was really happy with it i was, I, I loved it at the time i wasn't one of these ones who went oh it's too american and blah 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 i thought no this is this is good i really like it it's you know it's shot on film and you got decent special effects and sets and 
it looks nice. It's been directed and, you know, and lit and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So I was, I was really chuffed with the, with the eighth Doctor movie when it, when it first came out. Um, but although McCann's only done that, he's kind of, um, he did a series of like um, radio dramas, audio dramas by Big Finish. Yeah. Uh, which have all been, you know, rather nice. And there's a, there's a little bit in the, in the mini episode where he, he names a bunch of people where he's about to take the elixir thing, and he's, he's basically about to die, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he says a bunch of um, a bunch of names, and they're all his companions from the audio drama. You no, know, I wonder what that was about because I thought I don't recognise any of those names. They're not companions <laughs> I'm aware of. Because like, even yeah. though I've never watched Classic Who, I am aware of some of the you know the companions yeah. and stuff. And I thought they don't sound familiar to me. What am I missing? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that so makes that sense. Was, that was quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, although I've only heard a couple of those myself, but I've read a few of the, because um, there was also uh, some comics with uh, with McGann in as well, and those were those were really nice. But it's, uh, yeah, but it was, it was it was a good old little seven minutes of bliss that was. Yeah, it um, was. I'm so great. excited for the anniversary thing. Like, I didn't think I would be because I got the last couple of series of Doctor Who. I've been lackluster about. Yeah. And it's like it's not because it's been bad because it hasn't there's been some really good episodes it's just mm-hmm. i don't know i think that break in the middle doesn't do it any favors whatsoever mm-hmm. i find that it like i'm just getting annoyed and i sort of semi forget what's happened um yeah. and i find all these mysteries with the companions to be quite annoying now it's like can't you just meet up with somebody and roam around and have, have a bit of a laugh in space yeah. because it like you know there was the whole thing with the dr donna and then there was like amy and mm. breaking up the universe and then there was you know this whole mystery with clara like clara's a thing yeah. i just can't i can't get on board with i don't know why i just can't get on board with her character she's so no, i love now I love Clara. I even liked Amy and Rory. They took me what, but that's one of the things I'm liking about Moffat's run is that um, it's actually we're getting characters like the companions that actually got their own arcs, which I find really nice. What I didn't like, or what I couldn't stand, was um, Rose. I hate Rose um, as crap. So I'm just, I just don't get the Rose. <coughs> no, me neither. Like we were talking about this yesterday because me and Rich obviously watched Doctor Who and Rich's sister Sarah and her. Um, boyfriend bees watch it as well and we were having a little dinner and talking about the uh the anniversary thing and sarah was quite put out that i can't go to the cinema to see it with her because i'm going to be in leeds at thought bubble that weekend but we were like rating the companions from new who and all of us went no rose is totally the shittiest (laughs) (laughs) like for me i've just never I've, i've never gelled with rose but like my problem with clara isn't so much with the actress like I'm fine with her, and I think she does very well at, at what she's been given. My problem is that I find that she doesn't seem to have much of a character. She's just mm. fast-talking, you know, like, sassy woman. And it's like, eh, eh, a bit bored of that now. I've had enough of that with River. <laughs> yeah. So I, no, I, I, can, I can dig that totally. I can appreciate that. Yeah. Um, no, I was just going to say, like, I was a bit concerned about the 50th anniversary thing because I thought, oh, I'm going to be, you know not caring i thought i was going to be like just not interested in it at all and that's not how i want to feel about doctor who because when it is good it is like my favorite program um yeah. and you know it is so it can be so so good um so when i saw the trailer i only watched the trailer for um the day of the doctor yesterday you know so fucking ridiculous i am at life i don't know what's wrong yeah, with me, me. Too. I'm, plus i'm 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 developing a real hate of trailers because like, mm. particularly movie. I mean, I saw the day of the Doctor trailer. I didn't even watch it like on TV. I saw it at the cinema. It was on the, at the cinema. 
Yeah. Um, and I basically had no choice. I was sat in front of the screen and it was there. And I decided I wasn't going to bother with it because you just think, ah, I'm sick of trailers now. They, they give away too much and fuck it. Whereas I used to love trailers. You know, I used to live for, you know, to catch the trailers for the, for the next big movie and all that. But they're but the, 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 making a trailer. Again, like with posters, they just seem to have fucked up, lost yeah. interest in how to make decent trailers anymore. It's just a case of just stick. I think now I read somewhere that saying the philosophy of making trailers now is better to give you a cut down three minute version of the whole film, literally to give you yeah. the whole film. This is what I was talking to somebody about the other day, like a total tangent from Doctor Who. But have you seen the trailer for Saving Mr. Banks? Um, yeah. That film with the like. Thing. Yeah, the, the whole Mary Poppins story. Mm. I do not need to see that film because I've seen no. the trailer. I know exactly what happens in that film now. Exactly. Yeah. I do not need to see that film because the trailer's just. It's nonsense. How, like it's, yeah. it's like three, four minutes long, and you you get the entire gist of the film. They basically show you the end, and of course, yeah. you'll know that Mary Poppins gets made in the end anyway. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, there was there, there was another one like that. They they the Stallone Schwarzenegger prison movie. Mm, I haven't seen um, the trailer for that. Which I saw I saw the trailer for it. I mean, I don't like Stallone and Schwarzenegger, anyway, so I wouldn't have trouble. It wouldn't have troubled my ass ever to go and see that one but the, the, the trailer shows you and you think oh fuck it you can see it didn't show you the end with them escaping <laughs> and they're out and you just think what's the point <laughs> showing us everything oh god but yeah going but, back but to Doctor Who the trailer I think is amazing sure. yeah like I watched it last night and I thought do you know what it doesn't really tell you exactly what's going on um, you get a hint of a couple of different Doctors being in it John Hurt looks all amazing and uh, I thought it looked... And the effects look really good as well, because one of my biggest bugbears with Doctor Who is that occasionally the effects really let it down. Yeah, um, yeah, Like, the first episode I ever actually watched was the Christmas one with Kylie Minogue in it. And that bit where she drives the little mini forklift thing and then falls mm. down that, that... Oh, I was like, oh, mate, I think I probably could have done that better myself, and I don't even know... Well, you see, the thing is, you're talking about somebody who did used to watch the old Star, uh, Doctor Who, so... I've got no issues with special effects whatsoever. <laughs> if I can sit through the old stuff, I mean, I rewatched an old, uh, I think it was the first Tom Baker one, Robot, and they've literally got an Action Man tank <laughs> as a real tank. It just trundles on next in front of the camera with like stuff going on behind it, and it's literally a toy tank <laughs> pretending to be a real tank. So if I, you know, that's what I grew up with. That's what TV effects were for me. Mm-hmm. So. Anything CGI, I fuck it. I don't care. You can do what you like now. It's just like if I once you've seen like an action man tank standing in as a real tank, then you can do no wrong with CGI for me. <laughs> uh, I, I I just think it's, it's kind of spoiled in the uh, kind of effects kind of arena now. You just think, oh, that CGI is only. 99.9% realistic yeah. these days. You just think, oh, fuck off. I think that's you one know, of the... Nothing's got a blue line around it anymore, you know? I think that's one of the reasons why I haven't gone back to, uh, like, gone to Classic Who very much, because I am scared that I will be very judgmental, because, like, the thing for me is that before I met Rich, I was basically a recluse. Like, I didn't have many friends at school, and I just read a lot of books. I didn't really watch films. I didn't really listen to music. I never read comics. Like, that all came after I sort of developed a social life. So, like, even now, like, when I watch things like Total Recall, I find it so fucking funny. I mean, it's terrifying as well. The the animatronics in that is fucking yeah. absolutely, genuinely, nightmare-inducingly terrifying. But, like, I'll just watch some of those and just think, what is this nonsense? Like, I watched Arachnophobia, mm. which, like, was difficult for me because I am 
super arachnophobic. Like, yeah. money spiders terrify me to the depths of my very soul. Because who needs that many fucking eyes? That's not the point. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I watched Arachnophobia, and that giant spider at the end didn't frighten me at all because it was clearly fake. It was all the real ones that were like, I'm going to just hide out in your slipper. I was like, oh, my God, I can't cope with this movie. It's terrifying. <laughs> so, well, that's it. It's like you look at, like, when you watch... Uh, like Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is an amazing classic movie, or or, or Temple of Doom and stuff. You got all the ghosts and supernatural shit. That's kind of a bit spooky, but that's not the stuff that really freaks people out. It's the real snakes and the real bugs. Yeah. It's the bit where um, what's his name? Willie has to put her arm through the hole in the wall to turn the lever to save mm. Indy's life, and there's all the bugs and slime crawling all over and all that kind of stuff. Oh my god! Do you that's know the bit that people go. Ah! See, in that film, it's just the bit when he walks in and there's a ton of cobwebs. I'm like, no. Where are all the spiders that made those? Ah, terrifying. Yeah. And like, oh, like uh, what's it? Uh, Satipo with all the all the spiders on his back. And he just turns around, turns around, and turns around, and he's like covered in these spiders. See, that's that's where, actually, on, again, off another complete tangent, that's where kind of like the, the fourth uh, Indiana Jones film just falls down for me because you've got like all these ants and they're all clearly cgi so there's no kind of peril or no kind of um real kind of reaction to them because it's just effects whereas i mean they obviously couldn't do i don't think you can train ants <laughs> in the same you know you can't wrangle i would an love ant. to see uh, an ant wrangler <laughs> what do you do for a job I'm i wonder would he be like a normal size guy would he be a tiny little guy <laughs> On a mouse. With a oh my god! I don't care. Yeah. All of these things would be brilliant. I like the idea of a, like a full-sized human tell it like ant. No, what have I told you? <laughs> Go over there. Whistling. Come by, come by. This whole army of ants just steer around this tree. <laughs> oh god, that would be so brilliant. <laughs> oh cripes. But anyway, uh, the aim is to is to, to kill you live on air, and then I can just take it. Uh, well, that's not very fair. Lee's pop culture oh. parlour doesn't work as well, I don't think. No, I'd have to, I'd totally have to remodel. There's too much pink. There's too much pink and there's too much yeah. uh, Wonder Woman paraphernalia around. No, I can keep all that. I'll keep all the Wonder Woman <laughs> stuff. That's that's fine by me, but yeah, I'm not taking on the pink. That's all right then. Um, anyway, steering it right back. <laughs> uh, so Doctor Who, yeah, that looks good. <laughs> <laughs> it does it does yes, it does uh, i'm a little bit sad about being in like i was all so excited for thought bubble and then somebody said to me what are we going to do about watching doctor who and i was like what are you talking about oh fuck <laughs> yeah that is kind of it has kind of like oh fuck i'm gonna yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna thought bubble oh but no what am I gonna, i'm gonna have to am i gonna have to like sidle out and make excuses and go back to the hotel just to watch strictly and uh doctor who <laughs> um and just be a complete antisocial cock well, do you know, I'm th- I was genuinely thinking about not watching it because I thought if it's if it's crap, I'm going to be mad all night. I mean, I don't think it will be crap, but then I'll be mad all night at the mid-show party thingy. Then I, yeah. if I don't watch it, blatantly everybody else who is at that mid-show party will have yeah. watched it and will be like, oh, my God, did you see that bit? And I'll be like, la, 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 not listening. I can yeah. hear you because I will have to close my ears <laughs> for the entire. Well, well, somebody, yeah, somebody there's going to watch it, and that's somebody's going to be, you know, that somebody will find me and spoil it for me, and then I'll have to kill that somebody, and that'll put a complete downer on the whole weekend. Yeah, I can. So uh, ruin it somewhat. Yeah. 
And I'm not someone thinking, oh, well, you know, I, I, you know from what they usually go to, you know, they'll, they'll go to a pub where it's on the TV. And I thought, I don't want to watch it in a pub. No, it will be that dick going, shh, shut up, stop enjoying yeah. yourselves and having fun. I'm trying to watch Doctor Who. God. Can you pull those pints quietly, please? <laughs> Can you turn off that one arm bandit? It's driving me up the wall. You guys playing pool? Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just got them and take the cues off them. And you go, shh. Just smash them over your knee. I don't care if you've got a 50p on the side. <laughs> Doctor Who's on. You can wait 40 minutes. I don't know what I'm going to do. Because if I don't watch it as well, I'm going to have to go on a Twitter embargo and a Facebook embargo for like a day and a half. Well, wait till I get home again on Sunday night. Yeah, that's the other thing. Dangerous. Mm. Oh, decisions. So, like I say, I think I might have to just, you know, vanish. Slink away. And, uh, yeah, just slink away. I'm sure you won't be the only one. I'll be honest. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you get to a certain point in the night and then just suddenly the room will empty. There's just me <laughs> sat there going, I should have gone to watch Doctor Who. What am I doing? <laughs> Uh, so you just got the you know the alkies at the bar going where's everybody gone <laughs> that definitely i said the alkies the normal people you know and all the geeks will just vanish <laughs> just just the bar staff going where the fuck has everybody gone where? we were doing raging business 10 minutes ago where is everyone no that it will be quite amusing to see how many people actually i was a bit surprised actually that they didn't organize like a screening or something so that'd be yeah. cool if they, i don't know if it's like about like licensing or showing it or what but yeah. it'd have been pretty cool if we could have like watched it all together like a big old bunch of nerds but um, yeah if they could write like, like a cinema screen or something like that with like digital mind you he's doing like a bit of a cinema thing isn't it should we uh should we just have a look at city world leads right and see <laughs> just talking about a big nerd party and we'd be like, yeah, the after show will be us all just talking about it then. Oh, God, that'd be actually pretty cool. Just a wave of, that was awesome, or a wave of, well, that was shit. And we probably both, actually. And it'll be a big fight. It'll be like, you know, Quadrophenia. <laughs> but instead of the modern rockers, it was the, the I liked it and I hated it mob. Just Imagine being that one person who was like, eh, it was all right. <laughs> it was all right. Didn't feel other way. And everybody gets on there and just... Yeah, just murders you. Because that's what always happens to me when I go on forums, for like, like particularly uh, Gallifrey Base that I used to be on that I do not go on anymore. But it's like you'd have people genuinely going, Doctor Who's been shit since it came back, I don't know why I keep watching it, blah, blah, blah. And people would just ignore them. But then the instant I go on and go, I suppose that episode's all right, give it a five out of ten, you know, nothing special but not shit. People would be like, yeah. why would you bother watching it anymore? God, you're ruining fandom for all of us. I'm like, don't. <laughs> There's like one episode this. No, I just didn't like it very much. I'm sorry. Yeah. On me. But I, used to, I used to go on the SFX forum quite a bit and then just, just fell away from it. But it was. But I remember going when the, um, what was the, the, the Winston Churchill one? Victory of the Daleks. Oh, yeah, Victory of the Daleks. And I loved that one. I absolutely, because, you know, I'm sure, you know, I'm a bit of like a war movie geek and a war comics geek and all that. Um, and I just loved all that. The Spitfires in space was like, you know, a wet dream for me. <laughs> so I won the SFX forum ready, ready to just bathe in the, oh, my God, this was awesome sunshine. And everybody was going, how shit it was. And I'm thinking, <laughs> have, we, have I just watched the wrong episode? Because <laughs> I thought that was amazing. I'm on there just buzzing. See, and everybody's going, oh, shit, that was the worst one ever. I actually quite enjoyed the episode. I just hated the guy who played Churchill. Because like, he seemed to yeah. just spend all of his time jiggling his face so his gels are wobble. Well, I'm Winston Churchill. You're like, oh, what? Is is this a comedy performance of Winston Churchill? Because I don't think you should be doing that, really. Yeah. He was a good actor, but he wasn't the best best Churchill. No. Uh, but uh, but there you go. But, but yeah, but I love that episode. But it kind of like, yeah, it did kind of 
uh, tarnish me on um, on forums for a bit. And then you think, okay, fuck forums. I'll just stick to Twitter. And now Twitter does exactly the same thing. Every every time you get an episode of um, and now you know we've got a doctor, and then like every episode of Shield that comes out now, you're getting the same people going, "That was shit," and you're going, "Yeah, you've been saying it's shit since it started. Why are you still watching it? It's clearly see, not your cup of tea." See, at least for me, I watched the first episode, thought it was shit, and stopped. <laughs> I stopped. Well good. well, good for you. But to be fair, right? Let's get into this. To be fair, I didn't think it was actual shit. Like that's that's a bit that's a bit strong and heavy. Um, like I watched, yeah. So I watched the first episode. I had very high hopes for it. My biggest issue with it, I had a few, but my biggest one was that it very much relies on the idea that you are in love with Phil Coulson's character. Yeah. And that you think the sun shines out of his ass, and you would want to watch a series supported entirely by him and i'm not that bothered and i know i should yeah well yeah i agree with you but i'm on the kind of i do think he's awesome (laughs) i do want to have his babies see to me i just it's just uh, like in the other films like because i know he's been in like iron man and he was like his biggest bit was in like avengers Um, and to me he was just like some dude it was like he'd just done a job and he did you know it's not there's not a lot to him really so i find it difficult to to get really behind a series that's expecting and plus like when he's driving around in that ridiculous car i was like that seems kind of sort of almost a like the opposite of the character they were presenting in Avengers and stuff, because they sort of presented yeah. a little bit of a sort of like quiet nerdly type, um, like yeah. connecting these, you know, Captain America cards and being all yeah. But that's that's the kind of the point about the car is it's 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 Nick Fury's old car from the comics, so it's kind of like it is him being like a geek, but it's not it's not like a car guy. He's a he's a geeky guy who's into oh my god, this is this is like a shield. You know, car from the forties. Because yeah, we, we, we know because it, it was in the in the comics kind of thing. You know, the the flying car. So it's it's him not being like a gearhead. It's him being a dweeb. Uh, so I didn't I did not know about the car because I um I, again came into comics fairly recently and haven't really yeah. experimented in the world of things that were released before. <laughs> I find it, <laughs> it's like I've read Watchmen. That'll do. That'll do. Wouldn't it? But I don't know. Like agents of shit. The other problem that I have with it. My uh, second biggest problem <laughs> is uh, the supporting cast. They're all shit. Yeah. I can accept that. I'm, a, I'm a still <clears throat> not completely warmed up to Ward, who's like the big hunky dude. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sold on him at all. He's very the, the... to me. He's generic, beefy mm. agent man. He's one of those guys where you think you really need the right actor in there. Like, if you got... Oh, shit, I've gone blank on his name from uh, Firefly, who plays Jane. Shit. What's his name? I have no idea. Oh, fuck. Anyway, if he played him, you know you'd be there straight away and you'd be, and he'd just make it his own. Whereas the guy's got him playing, I mean, he's certainly, you know, he's fine. He's not shit, but he's just, there's there's not, he hasn't really just owned the character. Whereas Sky, the the hacker, the sexy hacker girl, I'm, I'm, I like her. She's good. She's, I like, she's funny. And then you've got the two geeky, Scientist types. Oh, it's so annoying Fun. until like last week, and then they had their own, their own story last week that completely um, sold me on their characters, and I'm completely on board with them now. I um, really strange because they seemed so bumbling and ridiculous that it's like you wouldn't even get a fucking job in Boots Pharmacy. <laughs> they are, yeah, they are straight My... out of like Torchwood casting, really, where you just think it's nonsense. <laughs> 
Yeah, but uh, but like I say, um, last week's episode really kind of um, redeemed their characters, and I'm just completely fucking on board with them now. And then I do like Agent May, the kind of silent kick-ass one, because I do like silent kick-ass women. Not, you know, they don't have to be silent, but, you know, kick-ass is the important part. But um, but she's pretty cool. I mean, there's a really good um, sequence in, in this week's episode where Coulson, she's doing, like, Tai Chi, and Coulson comes in, and basically just has a like a one-sided conversation, um, and she's just giving him like a raised eyebrow and stuff, and he's going, yeah, 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 right, yeah, and that kind. Of, and I thought that was really that worked really, really well for me. That kind of sold the characters that they've got this kind of relationship where she doesn't even have to say anything. She just needs to give him a look, and he goes, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, and then he walks out, kind of thing, and she just you know rolls her eyes. But I, I really like that. So yeah, so at the moment I'm I'm warmed up to 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 the whole cast now, except for Ward who I'm hoping is going to get get a bit more work done on him. And so he can just, yeah. Although I, I personally think they're going to kill him off before the end of the series. I think that's going to be his job. That's interesting. Why would they kill off one of the main people, like, straight away? Well, because it's, it's just Whedon, and he does that sort of thing. Oh, that's true, actually. You know? I just I just have a feeling that one of one of the cast is going to be dead before the end of the first season, <laughs> and my money's on Ward. Mm. Um, but it, it can't be Coulson, because he was dead at the start. Well, that's that's the other thing that I'm really loving now is that kind of mystery they're building up about what happened to him and why he's not dead anymore. And what LMD, happened to him that's what I reckon. LMD. Is, well, yes, but that's just really obvious. That's too simple and obvious. I think it's deeper than that. My my money's on that he went to Valhalla and they brought him back from Valhalla because he was killed by Loki. Um, he ended up going to Viking heaven and... Uh, they at some point they brought him either him or his soul back from Valhalla and his soul is in the body of an LMD. I don't think it can be that simple as it's an LMD, which is a life model decoy for anybody who's listening. Because <laughs> yeah, we're being a bit too nerdy now. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm I'm pushing my glasses up my nose as we speak. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I think that the LMD thing is too is too simple. Mm. Um, and it's and just and just everybody who kind of knows the comic just goes LMD LMD. Well, see, like, I, I kind of want it to be an LMD because I think people I, I don't think people would actually expect it because it is too simple. Like yeah. you know, sometimes I actually it's think a triple the, block. The, the the simpler the simpler explanation is the most sensible half the time. And like sometimes I would actually prefer it just to be straight up as easy as that, as it like some sort of convoluted banana story a bit i don't know like what else they would go for i suppose i don't know some at bonkers yeah. i kind of i really wish i'd have i'd have enjoyed the first episode though but like me and rich we just watched it and we found that halfway through we were both playing candy crush saga on our phones and we were like oh that's not a good indictment of a show is it and rich went no but we'll watch the rest of it and uh and, and i lost all five of my lives on candy crush saga and i didn't finish the level i was doing i was quite upset and uh and uh, yeah i didn't i just i don't know what it was like the cast was really hard for me to get behind. The story of the first episode as well, I thought was really clunky. Like, um, you know, that guy, it, it, he, that that bloke, um, again, massive spoilers. That that bloke in the who the first episode focused on, the the guy with the superpowers, goes from being a saviour to an everyman to an absolute giant cunting knobhead in the space of about twenty minutes. And I can't like I could I didn't 
Because he saved that person at the start from the fire or the explosion or whatever that was. I can't even remember. It was a while ago. Mm -hmm. um, because he saved that person, you think, oh, this guy's super, that's great. And then it's like, oh, no, his job's having a bit... Oh, fuck, he's going to blow everyone up. Where did that come from, mate? Calm down. Shit. It's like the transition yeah. just... It didn't build up enough. It just didn't make any sense. And I found that, yeah. that a bit of a struggle. Um, See, I kind of like that. Although I do think for the for the that first episode, it wasn't the strongest one ever, but it was a nice kind of scene setter for me. But then again, the whole series seems to have split people down the middle. There's there's there's, I think a lot of people had like, higher expectations for it and expect it to be much more impressive than it is. And there's other people like me who are just going, no, this is exactly what I wanted. Just something that's kind of light, and 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 fun, and just kind of um, and just kind of rocks along. I mean. Um, something that's not fucking breaking bad, you know? That's not oh. going to make me want to slip my wrist after every I was really hoping it would be fun because I think there is a lot of grim, depressing mm. telly out there yeah. at the moment. Um, I can't watch Breaking Bad. I, I watched about three episodes no. with Rich and I was like, I'm sorry, this is just too, too grim. <laughs> I can't <laughs> deal with this. Yeah, I managed um, two seasons and I struggled through that's, a lot That's things. good going. That is good going. And it was yeah. literally making me depressed. It was upsetting me to a huge degree i don't know how um, people can watch it like it just really no. distresses me it was proper just upsetting me <laughs> and it's like i just can't anymore i can't and i keep promising myself i'm gonna go back and try and finish it and because uh, everybody's just you just get bombarded with a wall of this is the greatest thing ever I, seen on tv I do and you feel like i'm missing out i'm missing out I don't know one person who watches it who doesn't love it. Like, everybody I know who's watched it thinks it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, whereas I'm just like, yeah. I can't watch another... Like, because, I mean, the whole premise is, is depressing as it is because this guy is dying of cancer. Yeah. Like, that is the, the first thing that you learn in this show. This guy who's got a family and a new kid on the way, yeah, he's yeah. totally dying. It's like, oh, well, that's, that's pretty harsh. Yeah. Yeah, I remember because I, I enjoyed the first season. The first season had a real kind of streak of like black comedy through it that kind of carried me through. Whereas the second season just got more and more dark and grim and depressing, and there was no kind of light at the end of the tunnel. And then you realise because you want you want the guy to win at first, you're sympathetic, and then all the sympathy sympathy kind of falls away when you realise he's a bit of a monster, and apparently he becomes more of a monster as the series goes on. So I'm thinking I don't even know why I'm watching this guy. I don't I don't like him. I don't like his family particularly. I don't like any, you know, <laughs> anything. Why am I even watching this? I hate everybody. I want everybody to die. And yet I'm still upset. <laughs> so it was, yeah, so it was just getting too grim. I was tempted just to watch the last episode on its own and just go out there. I can see how it ends. Yeah. And, and, and that, and that just to put my mind at rest. And, or at least, even if it had a happy ending, which I don't think it has for a second, um, I read up then I could at least go, okay, at least there's, 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 there's a happy place to, to get to while I'm working my way through it. I, I read up on the ending because I knew that the problem was a lot of people I know watch it and didn't want to spoil it, but kept posting really vague, weird stuff. And I was like, well, now I'm just yeah. annoyed because I don't really know what's going on. You're just sort of alluding to stuff. So I just looked it up. I was like, I'll oh, just look. It's not a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. See, I keep, because I keep, I've got mates who've never watched it, who are just suddenly getting into it. And I'm thinking, ah, here we go, right? When they get up to the start of season three, I'll jump on board. I'll have company to to hold my hand when I'm watching it. And I'll go, okay, well, let me know when you get up to, to season three. And they go, all right, I will do. And then I'll just plow through one, two, and three. <laughs> Where are you? Oh, I'm at the end of season three now. It's amazing. I go, you didn't, you didn't tell me when you got to season three. I need help. 
So watch this. I need. I need oh, to. I'm watching yeah. another situation. You know, <laughs> who's gonna gonna you know stroke my head and and rock me to sleep after every episode? I think what you need to do is like um, immediately after you watch like watch an episode of Breaking Bad and then straight afterwards just watch something else like The Simpsons or <laughs> oh, yeah, I was thinking like Tom and Jerry cartoons. <laughs> yeah, like or a bunch of you know, a bunch like of Adventure that. Time. That'd do. That'd but, do. Uh, yeah. But I'm thinking, yeah, that, I, I, I'm worried that like the, my mood of after Breaking Bad would then taint whatever I'm watching afterwards, <laughs> and just going, I can't, I can't watch Jerry slice up Tom anymore. It's too brutal. You know, <laughs> instead of it being like, I think he's like, no, no, don't do it, Jerry. Leave him alone. <laughs> you know, why yeah. am I the police in the scene? And definitely stick to Agents of Shield. Then I think. <laughs> I tell you what, though, about Agents of Shield that I heard the other day, and if it is true, it's a weird decision. Apparently, there is an episode, and I can't remember if it's the one due to air this week, or if it's the one that just aired, or if it's next week. This is a really bad story. I apologise because the details are shit. But at some point soon, or maybe just recently, um, an episode is going to, or has just aired, <laughs> in which directly ties in with Thor two, and you won't get it unless you've seen. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, next Which... next week's episode, right. not the one that's going to air this week or the one that's aired this week. The next week episode is, I think, going to be, yeah, going to be like a follow-on kind of like an epilogue to Thor. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a really strange thing to do, considering that Thor. I think it's, it's not. Because... I actually think it's a, yeah, I think it's a genius thing to do because obviously Thor is a huge movie, and if you want to get people tuning in to your show, I think that's a that's a brilliant way of doing it. I mean, I'm, I mean, to, to me, it's just amazing. I mean, in this week's episode, you had one of the agents who was in in the movies just popped up, and I'm like, oh fuck, there's the bald guy with the glasses from the Avengers, and he's just like an extra, you know, he's not even like a big a big guy, a big name. So, so that was that was kind of cool. And when you had uh, her off of How I Met Your Mother was on the in the first episode as well, that was kind of yeah. neat. And then there was there was like a um, Samuel Jackson popped up in an episode as well. So I think it's all cool now because I just think it's really cool and groovy and it's nice that you're getting this kind of crossover thing yeah. that you get in like um, like you get in the movies and stuff and in, in the comics uh, and just getting that kind of I mean there's a beautiful thing a lovely little cameo thing in Thor two which I won't spoil but if if anybody who's seen it will know what I'm on about there's a lovely little cameo uh, that just works so well and you think well that's uh, you get that kind of thing in comics all the time. But you you never get it in superhero movies, so it's just so good to see that kind of little throwaway thing where they're actually doing that kind of stuff. Because just that that would just be a nightmare to negotiate to get another actor just to come in for like a day to shoot for something, just just for the sake of a scene that's not even particularly important. It's literally just there as a kind of like a a little character bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just think it's really nice, and it's nice to see it in the movies. It's at a point in the movies where it's just fun, you know, obviously in the comics, the crossover things were fun. And then it, that's just become the raison d'etre of like mainstream comics. Now is it's all about crossovers and yeah. events and, and it just, it's just stifling. It's choking. Whereas now the movies are just getting to are, are that the point where it's just kind of fun. It's like, Oh fuck, there's Bruce Wayne in Superman or there's somebody else in the Avengers or whatever. So it's just like really neat. Like with them um, where, uh, like Bruce Banner pops up at the end of um, Iron Man three. Ah, I love it's, it's just neat. Again, it's just just neat. It's just like a fun little thing, and you just go that. That it just it just con- convinces that you know it's, it's all just um, extra bits to show that they're they are in the like in the shared universe. They are all there and that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I imagine about 10 years' time, we'll all be just fucking sick of it because it'll all be event <laughs> event movies where you have to Sorry. see Marvel will be like 10 movies, and, you know, 12 movies, a movie every month, and you have to see every single one to get the gist of what the hell's going on. Oh, God, imagine that. I would hate that so much. Like, cause just, hearing, just hearing that news about Thor 2 and... Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like I said to Rich, if I'd actually have enjoyed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and carried on watching it, I would stop because of that. I'd be like, fuck you, crossovers yeah. already. No. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's not been broadcast yet, so I can't say. I'd be very, very surprised if it doesn't make, if you can't just watch it on its own. I'd be very surprised if you can't just watch the episode on its own and it, and it won't make perfect sense. So, but I'll, it'll, I'll let you know when it when it when yeah, I watch it. I'm I'd sure. I'm interested be... to know because, like, the article that I read about it, it was a bit, it was very sparse, but it pretty much said, "Oh, if you haven't seen Thor two, don't bother trying to watch this because you won't get yeah. it." And I thought, well, because well, there's not a lot, you know, because you watch when you watch Thor, you, I can't remember. Did you say you've watched Thor two? I have not oh. yet. No. no. Well, because all the, from what you can gather, all the pretty much the story threads. I mean, the 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 the, 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 event, the agents of Shield thing is they deal with like technology that gets left over and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of dealt with in Thor itself. So my my I think because a lot of Thor two is set in London, and we have had hints that there's going to be like a British superhero introduced in Agents of Shield, and two you know two of the characters are British. So I'm assuming that this British episode that's coming up is also going to be the Thor 2 crossover episode and they're going to come to, and it'll be basically tied up and picking up the, literally picking up the pieces to the to the uh, devastation in London yeah um so I don't think it's going to be like oh here's a whole chunk of Thor 2 that we story that we didn't fill you in on during the film there's no blatantly obvious bits in at the end of Thor 2 where you go well what the fuck happened with the such and such and let oh fuck I've just thought it might be <laughs> it might Actually, that'd be quite cool if they do what I've just thought of. That could be quite funky. I want to know, what did you just think of? <laughs> well, there's Tell at the me. end of Thor 2, there's a big old, big battle between Thor and the bad guys. And it takes them across all the different realms. Uh, so there's Asgard and Midgard and Funhelm and Funhelm and all these other places. <laughs> and at, at one point, there's all this crisscrossy stuff. And a big monster comes through and ends up in London. And it causes a bit of trouble, then fucks off. And then right at the end, spoiler, right at the end of the credits, the bonus scene at the end of Thor 2 is you, you, go, you, you know, you're going, looking across London and then a flock of birds fly across. And then this beast pops up and he's chasing these birds and it goes off. So and that's it. It's just like a little gag. Oh, look, the fucking monster's still there, sort of chasing chasing the birds like a like a puppy. So I'm thinking, I'm wondering if that's rather than just being like a little throwaway gag, if that's actually going to be the plot of this Agents of Shield oh, uh, episode, oh. is that they go to London to try and capture this this beast that's that's come from Oblivion. Yeah. I'm just um, uh, I'm just more intrigued now about this British superhero because I didn't know they yeah. were introducing. Well, I haven't really like because I didn't enjoy the first episode. I haven't really paid much attention to. Well, now you—it's serving you right, isn't it? I know, so, serves me right. If it was like um, Pete think, Wisdom, that'd be the greatest fucking thing ever. Well, there is a bit of a debate about because people say, "Oh, it's got to be Captain Britain." And I thought, well, "No, Captain Britain's too too big and too flamboyant for the for the show. It's got to be somebody pretty low low key." So I'm thinking it could be <laughs> you know, pretty low key. Just <laughs> some, somebody who's <laughs> low key. Um, that was totally deliberate. I'm pretending. Um, <laughs> I've, oh, I've lost my thread. Yeah, assuming it's not going to be just some character they've just invented, which it may, it's unlikely, but it'll just be some someone they've just invented themselves. 
I was thinking it could be like someone like Pete Wisdom, who might be a bit too vague even for them, or it could be um, like Union Jack or, or um, Spitfire um, or one of those types. Godiva. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something like that. Or Di, probably Di Thomas. I'll probably be thinking Di Thomas. That's some just Welsh copper wandering. <laughs> That'd be pretty but, funny. Uh, yeah. But uh, actually, I'll fucking love to bring in Di Thomas. That would be awesome. To be fair. And get, and get, and get what's his name out of um, Life on Mars to play him. Dinner. No, oh, dinner. I'm, I'm just so shit with names, really. Terrible. Me never too. Mind. I am that person who goes, oh, wouldn't it be great if that guy from that thing was in that other thing with the other dude? <laughs> Do you know, I used to be shit hot for names and trivia. Before the internet, I used to I used to be the guy who used to go. They used to go, Lee, what was the name of the guy? And I go, boom, him. And I go, yes, thanks. And I was I was that guy. Since the internet, since you can just fucking Google something, I can't remember anything. I'm looking if I can remember my own address. <laughs> you know, it's, I, it's I, terrible. I misspelt my own name today at work, so you know. It's, uh... <laughs> today, I for about five seconds forgot how to tie my shoelaces. And I was, think, I was thinking, you know, you, you pull the laces tight and then you think, which one goes over which one first? And I actually, actually had a think. <laughs> oh, dear. And I thought, either this is a hilarious brain fart or I've got serious psychological issues on the way. <laughs> I'm like, hello, oncoming Alzheimer's. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. I couldn't remember what that was called then. Fucking hell. <laughs> I think I need to make an appointment. Let's uh, let's talk about something more cheerful than your impending <laughs> psychological doom. <laughs> okay, shall we talk about gravity? Oh yeah, because that's not that's not at all about sustained doom. Uh, that's that's yeah that's that's a, that's a laugh fest. Oh my god! Oh my god! Can I can I just preface this before we even start talking about it? Mm-hmm. I didn't like this film. You didn't? No, uh, like fuck I, off. No, um, I was. I, <laughs> I don't. I was bored. I was really bored. Oh my uh, god! I, I know. I was like going into it because I did say to Rich before when he saw the trailer, Rich was all like, "Yes, I have to see this film. This looks amazing." And I watched it, and I went, "How are you going to get like an hour and a half out of <laughs> fighting about in space?" And Rich is like, "No, no, this director's really great. He'll do it. He'll do it, and he'll do it amazingly." And I was like, "Okay." And uh, that you know, opening shot with the Earth, and it's like it's visually it is stunning. Like yeah. it's perfect it just like i can't fault it for visuals or like you know like all the even the stuff on on the ship so you're not seeing all the amazingness of space like just yeah. on ship we you know the with the lack of gravity and the floating stuff and the, everything just looks absolutely fantastic i was bored out of my mind fuck off so bored who are you are you oh, a fucking scroll or what i'm sorry are you some kind of vulcan jesus christ i was i was it was so tense for me. My toes were aching when I came out because I was clenching my toes through the whole fucking film, just nonstop. Yeah. And I was just completely blown away by it. I wish I'd gone to see it in IMAX. Uh, I just saw it at the local like showcase, you know, the multiplex. Yeah. And I, I've only ever been to one IMAX in my life. And back when I was at college, we went up to Bradford for some, for the film and TV museum or whatever it was up there. And we saw, uh, we saw an IMAX film and it was, it was, it was footage filmed by the astronauts on the space shuttle. So it's real like space footage. Yeah. And I had a near religious experience watching it. Cause it, it, it literally was like fucking floating in space. It was just amazing. And I kind of wish I haven't seen gravity. Like I've just been blown away by it anyway. I wish I'd gone to see it in the IMAX. Um, but I think the, the only do IMAX in 3D, and I'm totally fucking 
anti-3D. See, so um, am I, so am I, but I like IMAX 3D because it is not as dark. It's much clearer. Well, I've, I've never seen, like I say, I've never seen IMAX 3D, so I, I, I am kind of umming and ahhing about maybe I'll make a special trip and a special exception for this because I sort of said, no, fuck, fuck 3D. Pop, fuck, you know, pop-up book of vision, which is what it is. It's not 3D. It's pop-up book of vision, you know? Yeah, yeah I don't it's like, like it. It's like cardboard, you know, like a pop-up book, so fuck it. And I just don't want to support it. I hate it. I used to be very kind of, oh, live and let live. If you like 3D, that's fine. Go and see your 3D. Until they started not put in like a 2d version yep. up or they just put like two shows a day in 2d I mean, okay now you're taking the choice away and i'm getting pissed off about it judge dread so you? well yeah judge dread yeah I, I i was this close to not going and seeing judge dread and i just thought or just dread rather what? and i just thought ah fuck it i've got to go to support you know it's a british film it's a british character so you think i've got to go and support it so i fucking took a bullet and saw that in 3d i didn't fucking want to you know and i don't think it 3D added nothing for me anyway. So that was that was it. That was the last time I thought that's it never again for 3D in the cinema. Fuck it. But I am kind of woman and on about going to see Gravity again in, in 3D in IMAX. I would recommend uh, it because I've seen a few things in IMAX 3D. And because um, like my, my struggle with 3D, I think I've mentioned this before on the show, but um, I have a problem with how dark it is because mm. my eyes are not good anyway. Um, and yeah. if I take my own glasses off to put 3d glasses on then mm. my vision is impaired and so the film yeah. doesn't look as good but if i leave my glasses on it hurts my face to buggery yeah. so um yeah. i try not to do 3d where i can but um imax 3d i saw uh oz the great and Powerful. i almost called it ounce the great and powerful then which is a zach galifianakis joke and i probably shouldn't even go there um i saw oz the great and powerful and i saw Iron Man 3 and I saw Man of Steel all in IMAX 3D and thought all of them looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Gravity, I saw that in regular 3D, uh, which annoyed yeah. me a little bit. And um, I, I would have preferred to have seen it in IMAX. But then again, I'd have probably been more mad about it because it would have cost me more and I'd have been like, no. <laughs> yeah, you'd have, been, you'd, have, yeah, you'd have been bored and fleeced. Even yeah, more. indeed. But, uh, but I, th- I, th- I, I just thought it was amazing. It was, and I was just kind of, just gobsmacked, and I did, and I went like on the back of like the wave of this is amazing, and normally that's the kiss of death. Yeah. If I go and see something on a wave of this is just the best thing ever, I, it it can only it can only disappoint you really, you know. Any film can only disappoint, and that I'll just come out going, yeah, that was amazing. I don't think because I mean a lot of people are saying this is the film of the year for me, uh, but it, I don't think it was my it wasn't my film of the year, but it was certainly up in the top five, I think. Yeah. But to be fair, you know, Man of Steel is still my, my favourite film of the year. I've seen that, Pacific Rim for me. Pacific yeah. Rim, hands down, loved it. Pacific Rim just was let down for me by some really ropey um, dialogue and stuff. And it was like, why are you doing this? And I'm sure he's doing it because he knows what he's doing. I'm sure the, the cliche stuff and the, the, the kind of like the annoying scientist characters and stuff were there deliberately as a homage to kind of or pay on like the anime that he's that he's kind of. Yeah. Feeding off, you know? Yeah. And had somebody said, but these characters, they're like tropes from like anime. And you're going, oh, yeah, they are. <laughs> they are. They kind of like goofy comedy scientist guys. Yeah, I kind of. They are total you know, anime tropes. So I kind of get it where it's from. But it didn't, I'd need to see it again to, with that in mind. To, mm-hmm. to But I did, I did enjoy it. It just wasn't, I didn't love it as much as I was expecting to because I was walking into that thinking, this is going to be the fucking film of the year. Oh. Um, and then just come out going, that was amazing, apart from this mm. and that. Um, and I thought they killed off the wrong brother right at the start. 
because you've got the, the, yes. the hero guy and his twin brother. And I thought they killed off the wrong brother. The other guy I instantly warmed to. <laughs> where he was a dick. And I thought, oh, shit, they've killed the wrong brother. <laughs> I can I can see where you're coming from with that, to be fair. Um, but I did. You know, yeah. I thought, I, I can dig in. You know, he was the guy who was, like, dopey and... You know, he, he couldn't wake up and he couldn't do the fist bump. And I, I instantly liked that guy. I thought, yeah, he's he's me, but with a better body. He's, the, you know, if I was an action hero, that would be me. I'd be walking into doors or getting my sleeve caught on the handle when you're walking into the fucking ready room, you know. And and that kind of stuff. I thought, he's good. And then he's the one who got killed off. I'm like, oh, fuck, we've just got the jock. Oh, well, we've seen, we know the arrogant jock character, you know. He's fucking standard. So I was a bit pissed off. But I did like the Japanese girl and... Uh, I said, Idris Elba, I thought was terrific. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, and, and of course, the, the dinosaurs and, you know, the Godzillas and the monsters and the robots and all that, they were just awesome. It yeah. was just some of the um, some of the dialogue was a bit ropey. I mean, when somebody says, let's finish this, and it's not in an ironic way, you just think, oh, what'd you do that for? Oh, see, <laughs> no, I love that because I was like, yeah, this is just total cliche nonsense. I love it. Like, I was just... Well, that's it. That's You need to see it in the right... Because like I said, you'll, you'll sometimes see films and you go you'll just have to ride with it and go, no, this is supposed to be kind of goofy. Yeah. Like one of my favourite films in the world is Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow, which is, which is just perfect for me because I know the tone you're supposed to watch it in, yeah. if that makes sense. So I just ride it, whereas I'll, I'll sit and watch it with other people and I just go, this is this is stupid. This is this is so hokey and, and, and old-fashioned and ridiculous. And I go, that's what makes it so awesome, is that it does hit all the cliches and the archetypes and, and the tropes and everything else. They are The robots are supposed to look like they're from the 1920s, you know, that's what that it's all about, you know. So, again, like I say, I'd I, I need to watch uh, Pacific Rim again. Yeah. My favourite bit in that was because um, I like I don't watch a lot of anime, but what I do watch, I I, I do watch this sort of terribly cliched 90s crap. And um, mm. there's one particular anime called Escaflowne, which is my favourite thing ever. It is full of the worst dialogue, and I don't know whether that's because it got lost in translation or if it was yeah. originally just bad in Japanese. Um, but they like it's just so cliched and so hokey and cheesy. But um, mm. basically, there are uh, big robots in it that they call Gaimelifs, and people climb inside the faces of them to pilot them, and they have like they look like big robot knights, and they have sword fights, yeah. and um, it's like the greatest thing in the world. And so that bit, I'm fucking sold. Already. Yeah, mate. Seriously, get on that shit. Is good. But also shit at the same time. Um, but that that bit in Pacific Rim where he just went sword and just like all of a sudden, phew, just as big sword came out. I was like, oh my god, I'm watching yeah. live action Escaflowne. This is the great thing I've ever seen in my life. Holy I shit. did, I did fucking love that bit where you got the oh, I've got a sword. Yes. Ah, oh, I was. I like, did like that bit. Get in there. Loved it. I was. Yeah, it, it would have been the thing. What I would have loved at the end is if they died at the end. If he had, because they did like the suicide thing, the suicide mission bit at the end, and then it was like, oh no, we got the big inflator thing and we're okay. And I'm thinking, oh no, it feels like such a cop out. And I got a feeling that it was written as a as a, like a, a big suicide mission thing at the end, and then the studio kind of come in and went, yeah, we can't have you killing off the the hero guys. We need them to come back for a for a sequel if there is one or that. But I was just going, oh, please just kill this guy off. He's been annoying through the whole fucking film. You're such and a also, you know, so. But yeah, actually, that's, that's a nice little segue, actually, because I'm talking about anime, because I've, I've been watching uh, Attack on Titan, which is a series, like a, a, an anime series. And that's exactly the same. That It's an, you know, the, the, the story is just phenomenal. It's so bizarre. 
Uh, but the but the subtitling is just nuts because because it's not an official. I don't. It's not an official translation. These are ones that anime fans have taken the Japanese episodes, and I think they've just re, you know subtitled themselves. Yeah. Because there's no kind of English language version or no English subs version out, and then you can find them on certain websites or like they've been on. Um, I was watching them on YouTube. But the but the subtitles are just the, the dialogue's so awful. But it doesn't bother me. I don't know why it doesn't bother me yet. In a, maybe it's just because you can just go, oh well, you know, this is just the translation, and fuck it, I'm sure it's smoother in Japanese. Or whether it's just like just the, the stories are just so fucking amazing. It's just such a, a bizarre series. It's just about it's about a fucking world where giants have appeared from nowhere that eat people. So they're like twelve feet tall, fifteen feet tall, twenty feet tall. These, these giant naked people, naked guys, with bizarre, like, Joker grins on their face. It just, and they're kind of like, I don't know if they're kind of supposed to be kind of like children or, or something like that, or kind of mentally disabled or something. They, they're not, you know, intelligent particularly. They, they look like animals, and they just go around, like, picking people up and eating them in the most grotesque, horrific way possible. Oh, wow. And it sort of picks up, like, 100 years after... This incursion has happened, this devastation has happened, and humanity is just enclosed in this massive kind of city, walled city, and there's like three circular walls that humans live in, like 100 miles across, and like 50 feet tall, these huge concrete walls that keep the giants out, and like humanity settled in these, and they're kind of making a life, and there's a community in there, and they're all in there. And then all of a sudden, the story starts with this, all of a sudden, there's a big lightning flash, and this even huger giant appears out of nowhere who's got no kind of skin on. He's all just muscle and bone. Ew. But he's like 60 feet tall and he's just looking over the top of this wall. <laughs> and it's so fucking creepy. Oh, my God. Oh, that sounds so terrifying. It's just so horrible. And then he's just interested. He just kicks in the wall and then like the other giants come in. And it's like fucking Walking Dead. It's that kind of post-apocalyptic survival thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like a Japanese version of Walking Dead, kind of mixed with Band of Brothers, because it follows this group of recruits, these human recruits who are recruited into the into these this kind of the equivalent of the army or the police, where they who are trained to fight these giants. And they fight these giants because it's a very primitive kind of not quite steampunk, but kind of basic kind of uh, civilization. And they've got these kind of pneumatic kind of grapple guns on their waists that shoot out two wires that they can then do like bungee, you know, the kind of bungee leap things. Yeah. So they go and they sort of leap up these walls and the buildings and they, and the, the, the giants are only vulnerable on the back of their neck. If you cut their head off, they grow a new head. If you cut their hands off, they grow a new hand. But Ooh. if you cut out this, this kind of like organ or something at, at the base of the neck and they have to cut out these slash past with these huge swords to cut out a big chunk of the neck and then they die. But they, but it's like the survival rate of the human characters is so low. It's proper terrifying that when oh these God. giants break into the city or when there's a kind of like an invasion or something, you generally shit yourself up. They're genuinely scary because you know that these characters you've been following for a couple of episodes through their training and stuff, that half of them are not going to see the end of the, the end credits. And it's it's and it's proper nasty, <laughs> you know. You know the bit at the, in Jaws at the end of Jaws where Quint slides into the shark's mouth yeah. and he's kind of kicking and screaming, and the, and the shark bites him, and the blood comes out his mouth, and he's still screaming, and he gets dragged off. That's like that's how everybody dies. Oh my Fantastic god! <laughs> it's like that was so horrendous. 
and it's like I'm watching these at night. <laughs> what's, thinking, um, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to be able to get to sleep tonight. What's the animation like? Because I have a bit of a problem with watching some anime because I find some of it intensely creepy. Um, <laughs> well, like, this is well fucking creepy. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, the, the 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 giant titans are just so fucking because they have these big. Some of them are just drawn really mundanely, like like <laughs> literally like they've got some guy who works. <laughs> in the cafeteria and they've just drawn his face onto this giant, you know, and he just he just stumbles around picking up these people and eating them. And other ones have got like this big rictus like joker grin on or big bulging eyes. And there's the scenes where they've kind of broken through the wall into the city and you'll you'll be like in a in a building with people and all of a sudden this face will come up to the window, this giant face with his these big bulging eyes and this big goggly mouth and a hand will come in the window and snatch somebody at the at the room. And it's proper fucking creepy it's really really I don't, I don't know if i'll be checking that out because it sounds like it would give me nightmares <laughs> like, all the anime i've ever watched has been like like escaflowne is quite twee in its uh art style in that it's yeah. you know it's all the big you know big manga style eyes and they're yeah you know, it's it's all very cute and very yeah. round. Like everybody's got like a cute little round pudgy face, and it's really yeah. sweet. And like the only other things I really watch are like Bleach and Death Note and stuff. So they're mm-hmm. not. Yeah, that sounds terrifying. I watched. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, and I don't remember really much about it. So this is going to be the world's shittiest anecdote. But when I was first getting into anime, um, somebody I worked with when I worked, used to work at Music Zone gave me a DVD, and it's like three films like short films on one disc um and there's one i remember the one being about this person who was like a stink bomb Mm. and i can't remember what the point of it was and i'm fairly sure he was like giving people some sort of smelly disease that was then killing them and it was like really quite distressing Um, oh yeah 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 yeah. i know memories the 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 katahiro anthology memories and the one with the spaceship that goes to the there's like a like a like a whirlpool in space that's dragging all this wreckage and it's building a rose in space. That one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I can't remember what the third one was on there, but I just remember that just the art alone scared the shit out of me. And yeah, I'm the third one shitty. was. Yeah, the third one was. It was. Yeah, it was like a like a future war type thing. Yes. I can't think what it was called. Um, it was. I'm gonna look up memories on my phone. Uh, that reminds me. While I'm talking about looking things up, I did look up that poster that you posted of uh, Noah, and it does look. Pretty shit articles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. You're just thinking a, a multi-billion-dollar movie, and they fucking toss off the posters. It's they, they must just be pissing themselves at that kind of design company. They keep going, oh, they did the ones for, um, you know, they did the posters for Star Trek Into Darkness. We'll have them, and they're just going. You're getting the same fucking poster, mate. We're just changing the background. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at it now. It was called um, Cannon Fodder, apparently. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, let's have a look what that was about. A walled city perpetually at war. Uh, everybody has to... Oh, yes, maintain the massive cannons that make up most of the city. That's um, it, yeah. And the actual story itself is not that bad. Um, yeah. But the artwork on it scared the shit out of me, so I, I would imagine if that scares me, I probably shouldn't watch... Uh, Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan, yeah. no. Um, I've got, I'm gonna, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to get it. I've got it on DVD. I'm going to have to dig that out and watch that again. I haven't watched it for ages. But it is, yeah, it, it's kind of... Actually, it's quite, quite in the spirit of that. 
But it it is some freaky shit. And uh, there is there is some there's a, like there's an anime series, and then there's a series of manga, like the graphic novels as well. I, I haven't. I'm gonna have to get the 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 graphic novels. I might I might stick on my Christmas list because they are pretty pretty amazing looking. And my mate's been reading the the manga at the same time as watching the uh, the anime. And he says they they go off. They do, you know, there's certain parallels, and then they they, they do their own thing as well. Yeah. So uh, it's pretty I was, I was getting a bit nervous about getting the uh, the manga versions of stuff because I got burned by Battle Royale. Um, <laughs> I fucking loved the Battle Royale manga. I thought it was amazing. See, I couldn't get into it because it was just too like just too graphic. Like when it yeah. went to the kids' backstories, because I think one of the things I do absolutely adore that film, um, but I think one of the things that lets it down in terms of like in comparison to the manga is that you don't know why some of the kids choose to commit suicide and some of them yeah. choose to try and hide and others choose to become utter maniacal bastards like that's it you, you just it doesn't get explained it's just these are how the kids react to this situation whereas in the manga there is a lot of reasons in yeah. the past of why but i think the what the, i can't remember if it was in the first or the second but i didn't get past the second one i can't remember which issue it was in but um, it was the bit where one of the there's like a flashback of one of the girls from the class, and she was in a I want to say a changing room trying to chat up this boxer, and basically mm. wanks herself off and comes all over her hand. Yeah. And I was like, I can't, no, I can't, no, I can't, I can't do it, I can't. And there's like a fairly graphic rape scene in like there's, the first yeah, one. Fairly graphic. It's just about everything in that, but it doesn't yeah. hold any. It doesn't hold back at all. No. And like any kind of, like you say, it is, it's not for the, the faint hearted at all, that, that series. It is pretty extreme. And it does, and it does, it is just infused with the whole horror of the situation. Although it, you, you can, you know, if, it, if it's too much for you, then it's too much for you. But I thought it was just, it just put across over the horror of the situation just so well. Because where in a movie, in the movie version or in any movie, somebody will die and then they'll, they'll get shot in the head and drop down dead. Whereas the, the the manga will actually show you for about ten pages of the bullet going through somebody's head, and then literally just ten full page pages of this, just like the life sort of leaving their eyes, or this like the fixed because they'll be in the middle of like a conversation with one of the mates, and their expression will just freeze, as and you can see the the life just disappear out there, their eyes, and it's just it is just horrific stuff, and I think it's. I think it either depending on how you how you read it, it, it is either completely excessive and gratuitous, or and this is how it, I read it is that it's just hits you in the face with what it's what it's like. It doesn't turn away from it. It doesn't let you blink away from what you're looking at. You know, like this. If you think about some of the like the horrible images you see on film, like the, there's a bit in uh, Pan's Labyrinth where a character gets his face smashed in with a bottle Ooh, and it's yeah. just so horrific and you don't see it coming, but it's almost over so quickly that you don't, you're just about to register what's happened and then it's gone. Mm. And you're kind of left with that kind of, what the fuck did I just see? Almost like a little trauma, you know, whereas like with the, um, with the battle royale manga, it was just saying like, no, you're not going to look away. This is what it, it fucking looks like. This is what's happening to these kids. And it has, and again, it has that same attitude that follows through for the, for the sex scenes as well, in that they're not, they don't cut away from anything, but it, it. But again, like I say, that's that's how I read it, and that's why it didn't bother. And I am such a pussy when it comes to like gore and violence and 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 that kind. Even the older I get, I started off 
when I was a kid, I didn't watch horror films at all. I just, I know if you remember like the 1950s War of the Worlds movie, that I just caught, caught the end of that, where after like, spoiler for War of the Worlds, um, all the Martians die of like a cold, right? And the UFOs crash. And then at the, one of the last scenes of the film is a door opens in this UFO and this Martian's hand crawls out as it's dying with his three long fingers with these suckers on the end. And it's really tame, really. It's 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 less effective than than Star Wars, which I watched when I was seven and didn't bother me at all. But because I'd just seen that, that gave me nightmares for years. And I didn't like horror films. I never saw the point of horror films. I couldn't understand why anybody would want to watch a horror film and be and be given nightmares because nightmares are horrible. And then when I was about fifteen, sixteen, I kind of discovered Stephen King through Cujo, and and I realized, oh, these, this is what horror are. They're actually character dramas where weird things happen and all that. Yeah. So I kind of got into horror for a while although i was never really into like the gory aspect like the slasher movies and stuff I yeah because really i'm like um, i um I, there's an exhilaration there's a certain exhilaration you get from being scared um which mm. is why i like the films that are more sort of psychological thrillers that leave a lot of it yeah. to your imagination like i think yeah, yeah you know i can get a kick out of watching i mean the other day we watched final destination five now mm. bearing in mind i watched one and it was okay and i think i caught a bit of two didn't see three or four, but we watched five simply because we turned over and we'd missed because like all of those films uh, have the same formula. It starts with some sort of in- terrible accident that somebody has a vision of and therefore mm-hmm. avoids with some yeah. of the buddies, and then death tries to catch up with him. Um, we missed the initial accident that that they all avoided, yeah. um, and we came into it watching this gymnast practicing some of her gym crap, and there were so many things that could potentially have killed her that were going on in that room, and we were like, oh, we've got to watch it now, we've got to find out how this one dies, and it was fucking hilarious. Like, the death it are just so funny because they're just so, like, convoluted, nonsensey, ridiculous yeah. scenarios. Like... I'm going to give this away now, but it is a fairly old film. And also, you know, it's Final Destination. Calm yourselves. Mm. She is doing a bit on the balance beam and a screw falls out of the fan above her on the ceiling. And the screw lands perfectly face up on this beam. So you think is going to step on that and die. But she doesn't. She Mm. finishes her routine, gets off, almost steps in a puddle that has been forming from a drip from the ceiling next to Mm. a faulty bit of wiring to a fan. But no, she just drops her tail yeah. and that's fine. And like we were just getting all like, come on, guys, we've got to guess how this is going to happen. So we were like coming up with all these scenarios. What actually happens is far more ridiculous, right? She is now on the um, the double bars doing that swinging mm. business that gymnasts do. And uh, the big the bigger bar is getting looser every time she swings on it. So you're thinking, it's going to go flying off into fucking yeah. space or some shit. It's going to be ridiculous. No, what actually happens is another girl gets on the balance beam, starts doing her gymnasty act, steps on the screw, falls off the beam, knocks over that little bowl of powdery stuff that they all put on their hands before they do gymnastic yeah. stuff, which then flies in front of the fan, which then gets wafted up into the face of the girl on the balance, on the double bars, who then goes flying off and lands at such an ankle on, angle on the floor that her her chin is on the floor and her feet come flying up above her head and land in front of her and basically all of her bones in her back and her legs break. And we just creased. We were like, this is the greatest film I've ever seen in my life because it's just so ridiculous so i can understand getting a kick because that is just 
crazy. We thought it was so fun. And like the rest of the deaths in the film are equally bonkers. I'm going to have to get another go because I, I tried to like, because it was on TV like a couple of months ago. And I thought, I'll go on because I like the first one. I like the second one. The third one was shit. And I never watched the fourth one. And then this one was on. And that, this, that's the one that starts off. Like I say, you didn't see the big thing at the start, but it was, if, oh. you know, if I'm thinking it's the same one, it's like a, like a racetrack, like a, a motor racing. Oh, right. Like a Formula One thing. And there's a big old, you know, smash up on this, this racetrack. And I watched the first bit and it, and it just put me off because it was so, I don't want to, I want to say pornographic. And it was kind of like, oh, look how this person's going to die. And it was just, it was just, and it just weirded me out. It was yeah. just like, no, this just feels like there's no story that and it is it is just because by the time you get to the fifth one if we'd let the people who want the plot and the characterization oh, yeah. it's just with the people who just want to see the gory creative ways people are going to die yeah yeah i got to that and i just thought no i can't watch this and i turned it off after the other oh, i can't watch it i'm too rattled I thought five was really funny, but I think um, you need to go into it with the mindset of not thinking about how utterly gratuitous it is because it completes. Yeah. Whereas, because um, I'm not usually into that sort of thing, but because it was so ridiculous, I found it quite funny. But like, I really hate films like um, I enjoyed the first Saw film because I thought it was quite yeah. clever. Everything after that was just yeah, that's, that's kind of like the, the ultimate example for me. Is the first one I thought was really good. Because it's basically a detective. You've got a detective story going on. It's, um, Plus, you've also got a, what would you do in this situation? How are they going to get out of this room? Kind of puzzle, locked room puzzle kind of story going on. Yeah. But then after that, it just become about the the gory deaths, and I just lost interest. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of the um the mm. at all. I don't know how they got to be so many. <laughs> now, that's it. I mean, I was I mean, just don't give on horror films because I I keep seeing these trailers for these films, these horror films. And I can't tell them a fucking part. Mm. You got like I can't remember the tolls. The fucking oh, what was it called? The Conjuring, and then there was the Last Exorcist two, and then you've got I love that the second that Exorcist and <laughs> the second to last, the last one. Well, when we said last, we meant previous. <laughs> we didn't mean last and final. We meant last as in like last week, as in the previous exorcism oh, um, and all that. And it was, and I thought I'm watching these in the cinema, just thinking I can't tell you which fucking film this is for anymore. They're all, they're all the same. It's like the, uh, you know, the Exorcist. I loved, I loved the Exorcist film when I when I first saw it, but now it's become like a like a whole genre. And it's like, and people complain that superhero movies are samey. And and these you can you can watch a string of these trailers for the kind of like haunting movies or exorcism movies or whatever the subgenre is called, and you got the same kind of jumps or the same like gag moments yeah. in every one. You know, yeah. Uh, you can guarantee there'll be a mirror thing. There'll be a shot of somebody with something behind them, and then it'll they'll move, and then it'll be gone, and then it'll be in front of them in the next shot and all that. And it was just like I. I don't know any, and you must have to be totally nuts to just go and see every one of these things. Just nuts on horror. My, to go and see my sister is nuts on horror, and I can't like even the uh, like the really shit stuff. Like she's got a film on DVD called Locusts, and I can't even imagine how terrible that must be. Like I'm not gonna sit and watch that with her ever. Yeah, she can forget about that. But, um, yeah. but I can. It's funny because I can. I now I can't understand it. But when I was when I was like in my late teens and early twenties, I could I could sit through awful shit like Slugs. And uh, and stuff like that, and 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 I just got off on how stupid they were. I'm, I'm, I remember me and my mate Chris. We used to go into like video stores and go, not look at the show and just go up to the person behind the counter and just go, "What's the shittiest horror film you've got? What's the one that's been on the shelf for you know a year 
and nobody's rented because it looks awful. They can tell it's awful. The one's got an inch of dust on it, and we'll have that one. And they'll, they'll go, yeah, we know the one you want. And they'll go and fetch us some really roby fucking Italian horror movie or mm. you know, straight to video. One that doesn't have photos on the sleeve. It just had drawings, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I really, uh, I, I kind of wish I was into more into horror because I do think that an, an effective scary scene in a film is like a really, it's, it's a cool experience in the sense that like, like I say, there is a certain exhilaration from being scared, but you don't want to be in a situation in your actual life where you're shitting yourself yeah. for some reason. <laughs> like, that's yeah. not... Well, the thing is, like I say, I mean, the scariest... The only time I've been genuinely, genuinely scared by a movie in the cinema where you think, I don't think I'm going to be able... I'm going to have to leave before the end of this film. I don't think I can stick this. If this stays, like, this tense throughout the whole film, I'm not going to be able to stick it. And that was... Saving Private Ryan, it wasn't even a horror film. And that's the one where I was I was literally after you had the whole long sequence on the beach that was just complete oh fucking my God. trauma. Oh I'm so glad I didn't see that at the cinema because I was like, might have vomited. I honestly don't think I can stick this. And like the atmosphere of after that opening, the atmosphere through the whole film was of imminent violence. Mm. I remember there's a scene, like a really quiet scene where it's at night, they're they're sheltered in the church and they're just talking about their past, you know, their lives before the war and just chit-chatting and stuff but you can always hear like explosions and gunfire and stuff in the background and i just couldn't settle i thought i'm gonna (laughs) i was just terrified through the whole of that film and then and then you get to like the big battle at the end which which i mean everybody goes on about like the beach landing sequence but the 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 street fighting sequence at the end i think is just as bad just as terrifying and it just i how i got through that without pissing myself i have no idea but i know i couldn't speak for the rest of the day uh, the rest of the night after we came out of that film, I was just mute for the for the rest of the night. I was just traumatized. I just couldn't. couldn't I'm not coming home and my, and my mind was going, "You're right," <laughs> and just I'm just, I'm gonna lie down. I don't was, think was, uh, I don't think I've ever seen a film that's made me feel like that, which is a bit sad yeah, really, because. I don't know. I um, do you know for a minute there when you were saying that you were the only film where you felt genuinely terrified because of all the sustained. I thought you were going to say Gravity, and I was going to go sorry, <laughs> sorry. I, do you know, I was thinking she's going to think I'm going to say Gravity. I'm going to lead, I'm going to be really clever she, and lead it right back, segue right back, right back to the to subject we started off on, yeah. like a pro, like a pro. But no, do you know? Um, no, I'm I'm going to take it back to Gravity. Um, because we didn't really finish talking about it because we we're a bit tangenty and rubbish um <laughs> i do you know what thing bothered me about gravity like i can see why other people enjoyed it it wasn't really for me in terms of the you know i didn't feel like it was the same peril to me it felt like an hour and a half of sandra bullock in space being a bit boring yeah but the thing that really got me that kind of annoyed me and because it happens fairly early in the film and i'm gonna spoil it guys because it happens fairly early in the film kind of like ruined the rest of it like it just it turned me off sort of straight away yeah. was a bit when you find out about her daughter because yeah. i felt like this film is about a woman floating alone in the terrifying vacuum of space trying mm. to find a way to get back to earth we don't yeah. need any more reason to feel terribly bad for this woman <laughs> yeah, yeah. like there is no is. there's no reason for that to be in there really because the the only thing it does really is sets the tone of Despite the fact that she's got nothing to go back to Earth for, she still desperately, desperately wants to. Mm. But I, I didn't need to know it. You, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I, 
I agree. I don't think it didn't bother me, but I I don't I do think it wasn't necessary. It's like we're already sympathetic enough. We don't need a sob story in the background. This isn't the X Factor. We don't need yeah. an extra layer of oh, we want. It's fucking terrifying enough that she's stranded and that she needs to get back. You know, we're already on her side. It doesn't need that kind of layer of of like the the the, the sob. And also, again, and this is a bit more serious for me, is that she seems so traumatized by that still that you're always thinking, did she pass the psych evaluation to become an astronaut? Well, do you know what? Because she seems so traumatised. There's a bit like later on where she kind of reveals that all she does when she... Because there's a, there's a sequence where she's talking to somebody, we won't say who, about what she does when she when she's at home. She says, all I do is drive. She comes... Because she's a school teacher. I can't remember if she's a school teacher or something. something. But she comes home from work or whatever it is, and then she just drives around listening to the radio all night. And you think that's a crazy person thing to do? Yeah. It is. She, did she? Did she? Did she mention this when she was doing the astronaut training? Did they ask her about you know? Isn't there some kind of psychological testing that she should have gone through to get to? But that, that's yeah. I mean, I kind of overlooked that because I was enjoying the film hugely. In it, kind of over my enjoyment of the film over just kind of overweighed that issue. But it, it was something that kind of maybe kind of stops it being my kind of number one film for the year kind of thing. Yeah, they're kind of like, well, okay, it's not perfect. Yeah. That bit, and I did I did think that seems a bit heavy, a bit heavy-handed. That didn't really need that. Yeah, like you say, it did you seem very like, sort of X-Factory, like, oh, vote for me because yeah. sad, sad story. Well, yeah, yeah. You know. It's, yeah, you just, you think you don't need it. And also it feels, because I know when it was, apparently when it was written, Sandra Bullock character was written as a guy, which is why she's called Ryan in the film. Yeah. That's why she's got a, a boy's name, because he was written as a guy, and they just cast as a woman just for... Now, I, I, whether it was for equality's sake or whether they just it was sexist and they just thought people would be more sympathetic if it's a pretty young girl who's in trouble rather than, you know, a guy. And whether that's a case of they added on that extra layer of, oh, if it's, if it's, a, if it's a girl who's in trouble, then we better give her, like, make her a mother so that we just ladle on, like, the sympathy kind of thing you know yeah. that's me perhaps being a bit cynical about it i don't know but yeah that that kind of felt like slightly over egging the pudding for me didn't really need it you're already it's 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 an it's an incredible situation you're already on you're already on a side because you're already putting yourself in that position the whole film is based on the assumption that the audience is going to think what would i do mm-hmm. in that situation you don't need you know you, you've got your own backstory you've got your own reasons for wanting to get back yeah. For surviving, you know, you don't need that extra well, soapy subplot. This was another thing that, like, because <laughs> a big problem for me in going to the cinema now is that so many films of late have been all about the twists and the turns and the ooh, you bet you didn't see that coming. That I start imagining yeah. twists and turns before we're even there. And as soon as I heard yeah. that bit, I started thinking, is she already, like, just dying of oxygen lack? in space and she's just hallucinating this big old and then I was thinking yeah wouldn't that be weird if like the whole film was about her getting back to earth and she thinks she's done it and then you just realise right at the end oh no actually she's just died Mm. in space Um, because I was just looking for this twist that wasn't there and I thought well yeah because I thought as soon as I heard that I thought well if she's got no reason to go back why would she fight so hard Mm. well yeah but I mean it's funny because mm. you should mention that because I did I mean very I mean honestly you know your, your mind kind of works and plays and stuff throughout a film and I did for a moment there was there was a scene I think it was just at that point where she was saying this stuff about driving all the time where my mind just go oh I wonder if she's been in the car crash and she's just 
hallucinating this whole thing, like she's drowning, perhaps she's crashed into a river and she's suffocating or drowning underwater and now she's just imagining all this and what that's why oxygen's such an important thing and she's dreaming she's in space because it's dark and blah 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 but very fleetingly that kind of just whipped through my head as it as it does you know yeah but uh but it's it's funny i did have that kind of oh what if this is all just a hallucination you know but uh but again i don't want to put the film down because i thought it was an amazing film it's just it's just interesting that you kind of picked up on that point as being something that really bothered you and that's something that kind of niggled me yeah well, to, also that's one of the things that did to me as a woman as well it felt very like it, it seemed like if the roles had been reversed let's say it was you know the other way around george clooney was the one mm. that it focuses on like yeah. um would it have been you know would he have had the story of oh well i had a son but you know, yeah. stupidly, he fell over and died in a playground, and yeah. since then, I've done. Yeah, that's. Would that yeah, would that have been a thing? I just I don't feel yeah, like. Yeah, I'd say that was that's that's kind of like my point. I was gonna kind of, I, I got lost on. Like I say, it was originally written as a guy, so I was gonna say I wonder if that subplot was already in the script for that male character as it was written. Yeah. Or, or whether that was just something they put in once they cast a woman and thought, oh well, we need another reason for her. You know, because she's a woman, she needs. We need an emotional story there. We can't. It, we can't just be with a guy. You feel like they could write it, and it could just be like an intellectual exercise, or it could just be like a survival story. Yeah. Whereas if it's a female character, then oh no, she's got to have a daughter, and there's got to be like another story there. You know, there's got to be an emotional story there as well. Yeah, I find that a bit but, of a struggle because it's. You know, I'm not like one of these people who's like massively feminist and always banging on about you know women need to do this mm. in film or have to be represented this way because yeah, there are women in the world who have got terrible backstories, and so yeah. that. Should and will be represented in film. It just it just so happens that a lot of the time, particularly in films and video games, strong and I say that in air quotes, female characters are strong because of some horrific thing that's happened to them, whether yeah. it be some it's an abusive relationship or a rape or a lost slash murdered slash you know d- dead child, mm. and it's like I. Not every woman needs that. Like to me, it would have made more sense if she'd have actually just still got a kid and was fighting her way to get back to her because she's like, I can't. That's it. Because you think, well, everybody's got a family. Just want to get back to your family. That's enough. Yeah, that's enough. You got family. You got parents. You got brothers, sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because from what she got got a dog. The way she was was telling the story as well, it seemed like you know when she says she just drives, it doesn't seem like she's got much of a, the rest of her family around still yeah. and it doesn't seem like she has much in the way of friends so it seemed like you know why why are you fighting so hard to get back to an earth and a life that is yeah. clearly major league depressing and shit not... well it did it did just that i'll say that's the the bit that's the only really bit that, that kind of jarred with me and it just felt i say it felt it felt over egged and it felt um, Unnecessary. And it, it and it just felt like it didn't make sense. And like I say, if she'd got that much trouble, I mean that's a seriously weird thing to do. To if your life's just driving around, you've got no kind of, you don't even watch the soaps or anything yeah. like that. You're literally just driving around all night. That's kind of disturbing. That's you need kind of therapy for that. And you just think, well, that takes me out the movie. That makes me think that she wouldn't have passed the kind of uh, psych exams to become an astronaut because surely they. They check for these kind of things. They do physicals and medicals and, you would think, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. 
but who knows? But uh, but other than that, I thought it was an amazing film. I just thought it was just. I thought, thought uh, I genuinely thought Rich was going to punch me when we walked out of the cinema because he was like, "Oh my god, top film of this year, best thing I've ever seen. Holy crap, that was amazing!" And my friend was like, <laughs> "Yeah, man, that was really good." He was like, oh, "I don't think it was the best film of the year." He says, "But I think yeah, it's definitely really good." What do you think, Stacey? Didn't like it? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of ruining friendships and ruining relationships. I, I know I I went and visited a mate once, and I took uh, my neighbour Totoro. <laughs> The, the animated oh, film, uh, and I watched it, and I was watching it because I love that film so much, and I was just watching it, just glowing with this is so lovely and awesome. And then at the end, I could feel, you know, when you can feel somebody's not enjoying something, yeah. they don't even, they don't, you can, you just get these red, these vibes off them that they're bored or they're not enjoying it. And uh, I remember halfway through, I'm just thinking, this is amazing, this is so awesome. I'm such a great friend to be to have brought this DVD, and she just went. When does the story start? (laughs) This is it. It's so wonderful. No real plot. You know, this is what it's about. It's about these two girls and and you know these creatures. That's it. There's no kind of kidnap story or you know nobody gets lost in the woods or anything like that. There's a little thing about the girl goes missing, but that's like resolved in about like two minutes. It's uh, but I think this is it. (laughs) And it just completely tainted the uh, the friendship, and I never spoke to her ever again. <laughs> uh, you know, I left in the middle of the night and uh, never said goodbye. Yeah, never saw her again. It was all, yeah, just that was the It is a brilliant film, and you should disown anybody in your life who doesn't enjoy it. Cause it's it is, yeah. Ridiculous. It is, but there you go, it just goes shut. Yeah, but it, it is interesting when you can, you can come out of a film and just be just completely... Mm blown away something and you can tell like and then all of a sudden you think oh my mate didn't enjoy that i can tell i can tell the fact <laughs> just as he looks to me i can see in his face he didn't like that as much as i did mm. or uh or vice versa you know it was quite um, quite funny when we came out of gravity because rich was like yeah definitely my my top film of the year and uh, and when key said he didn't think it was but it was close like rich said to him oh what was your top film of the year and he said oh probably uh probably i think he said iron man three actually i can't remember but, uh, but yeah, then Rich was like, well, what do you think was your top film? I went Pacific Rim. He went, fuck off. So what? <laughs> What's wrong with Pacific Rim? It's a good film. And Rich was like, well, yeah, it's a good film, but it's like, you know, it's also a shit film, isn't it? I was like, no. <laughs> no. No part of it is shit. It's amazing. Loved it. Can't wait to get it on Blu-ray and watch the shit out of it. It's going to be great. <laughs> I love it so much. I've just become aware of how we've been talking for almost two hours. So, is there anything you wanted to talk about really super briefly before we uh, we do a shimmy? Uh, no, I think we've just covered everything. The only thing I did want to mention was the, the John Lewis ad, like the hair and the bear, the animated ad yeah. that's come out. Because I saw that and I and I just fucking loved it. And I do, I, don't, I mean, it's, there's a lot of cell animation. I really love cell animation and that kind of stuff. And it, and I am a soppy bastard. Like, so as I'm getting older, I am crying at fucking everything these days. And I did kind of, really did kind of missed up watching watching this. I mean, it's a fucking advert. I'm totally ashamed of myself, but I did fucking love it. And I nearly cried. But what I did want to mention is as soon as you get the kind of like the backlash, you get the, the, the ad came out and like there was the, the initial wave on Twitter and Facebook of, oh my God, this is so beautiful. I love this. This is amazing. And then you get the backlash come back going, oh, fuck, it's nice. Right? And I can understand people not liking it and all that kind of stuff. But what got on my tits from like five seconds in was every, all the backlash was the same was about, it'd have been better if the bear had hit the rabbit. <laughs> and, you just, and you just think, and everyone, every fucking one was saying the same kind of joke. And everyone was saying it like 
they thought of it and it was the they were the only ones to say it. <laughs> and it's not their fault because they've just thought of it. They're just saying what they've thought. But just looking at your Twitter feed and your Facebook feed and you just get this wave of people telling the same gag and you just think, oh, fuck's sake, you must. You've got the same Twitter feed. You follow the same people as me. You must be seeing the same joke. You must have seen people say the same thing. Think, oh, fuck, I better not say that because somebody else has already said it. But I did. I just want to say big, big you know, high five for the uh, the bear and the hair. I fucking loved it. And uh, a big you know, middle finger to, to everybody who was saying the, uh, the bear should eat the, eat the rabbit gag. And it's not even a fucking rabbit. It's a hair. It's in the fucking title, the bear and the hair. <laughs> It's not that difficult. I am um, talking yeah. about adverts. There's, uh, it's really sad because, like, I don't tend to notice adverts unless they are really terrible or really good. And there is an advert, yeah. and I don't even know what it's for, that I am basically in love with right now. And it's like a drawing of a little uh, astronaut and a ballerina from some wallpaper or something. And yeah. they basically, like, dance through a house, but only on things that could feasibly hold a drawing so they're like in the wallpaper they're in paintings they're dancing through like sofa cushions and it's just like the cutest thing and the animation's so good and i tweeted about it and everybody just went how sad are you it's an advert it's like, oh. <laughs> I said, Look, i've not even i've not seen that i'm gonna have to keep an eye for that one i'm, not I'm sure it's for something like talk talk like it's not something i'm yeah. even vaguely interested in investing my time or yeah. money in but it just oh yeah. it's such a beautiful and there's a song i can't remember what song it is but i think it's like a piano version of like an 80s power ballad or something yeah uh, if i'm remembering <laughs> it rightly and it's just the sweetest yeah. thing it's so cute uh but that's a bit sad well, i mean we're coming like i say we're into the christmas like ad period now, and we're gonna we're on the brink of the the, the Ponzi perfume ads, oh. um, which drive me up the fucking wall. How can you sell a smell uh, on a telly? <laughs> How? And oh. I'm bracing myself for like um, Scarlett Johansson's effort from last year. I hated that. That was just so fucking annoying. I went, and I fancy Scarlett Johansson. Not awful in that. I, I fancy Scarlett Johansson, right? A straight woman. She. But, that advert, just, but in that advert, she's got weird jowls and that hair, and she just looks really fat faced. It's so. She's so unconvincing oh. that the, the performance is so bad. But um mind you, in the legend in, in the in the legend of like really awful adverts, do you remember the one from I think it was from last year with the crying shed, the baby shed? No. That, that was crying oh fuck it was talk about your horrible adverts. It was for I don't know if it was for some fucking wood seal or something like that. But it was like you got this couple in bed at night and then you hear a crying baby and it's a really grating <gasps> yes! crying baby. Oh god <laughs> And the guy goes out and it's the shed and it's the shed's kind of on its back in in the in the garden, like rocking back, shaking backwards and forwards, and tears are squirting at its windows, and it was just like so traumatizing. And I think they took it off after like a few weeks because they had so many complaints saying it was so horrific <laughs> and it was upsetting people. Really awful. And it was a nightmare of a fucking advert. It really was. And uh, I just thought that was horrible. Yeah. Just horrible. Was... You just you just think, what the hell were they thinking? There are some adverts. I remember um, the Levi jeans adverts from when I was younger used to really frighten me because they they were like a company based around being a bit different and weird. And there was one set of adverts where everybody had normal bodies but the heads of hamsters and guinea pigs and shit. Yeah, yeah. That was genuinely terrifying. I actually had nightmares about that. Oh, dear. What was the one? There was quite a recent one for... Was it for Ikea or something like that? Oh, I hate it. I, 
oh my god that's like I, I watched that that and the Wonga adverts with those weird old person puppets yeah terrifying the puppets like genuinely yeah. terrifying do you know the, 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 the dollhouse one if I'd have seen that as a kid I'd have run screaming from the room seriously I that was so for good. an episode of Doctor Who I was like oh, yeah. look at these weird doll people this is shit terrifying where's the doctor <laughs> Where's somebody... Is it? You're, you're waiting for the mouth to open and have all these needle-like teeth inside, you know? Yeah. And then, oh. like, the scream and then the Doctor Who theme kicking in or something. Yeah, I could tell. And you're thinking, oh, this would be so cute, this would be so sweet, we'll make a fortune off of this advert. And everybody's in front of the telly is just screaming their eyes out. Crying, just absolutely crying. Talking of, uh, talking of nightmares, like, briefly before we go, I had a proper zombie, yeah. zombie nightmare the other day because of Walking Dead. It's yeah. so good. I was so proud of myself when I woke up. I was like, God, that was amazing. <laughs> Oh dear, I do have, I, you know, I do come from a like a zombie nightmare having family. Really, we do. We're big into our zombies and stuff, and we do have compare zombie nightmares with quite, you know, startling frequency. <laughs> and it is, it is quite disturbing for any like newcomers to the family, like new boyfriends and stuff who come in, and like all of a sudden we're we're sitting around the uh, the table having Sunday lunch, and all of a sudden we line about having a zombie conversation about, you know dreams we had and stuff and you can see that the boyfriend's sort of thinking what kind of family have i, have I got <laughs> what am i walking into it's it's all it's all gone a bit texas chainsaw massacre i know i do the thing is i'm not like a massive zombie fan i haven't like before the walking dead i've seen like the odd zombie film and that's barely like it you know I'm, I'm, i can give or take a zombie don't mind and i'm not one of these like purists who's like they can't run no of course they can't. oh i'm a totally they can't run purist. i um, see i'm not like that because i'm just not setting my ways with like i've just seen the odd thing here and there but like the walking days i think the last <clears throat> how are you up to date with it at all i'm yeah i'm kind of at us pace okay oh, so i'm 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 just i'm as far as i know i'm bang up to date yeah because i just i um on monday i watched sunday night's episode uh from america and um i genuinely thought it, it's it's I was worried about it through scene three because I didn't like the way that they represented the governor. I didn't think it was anywhere near yeah. as, as, as cunty enough as it should have been mm. based on the, you know, the, the yeah. character from the comics. And I think, you know, the reaction to everything he did was massively exaggerated because all the things he did, aside from the odd one or two, a lot of them were quite understandable from a picking yeah. yeah. people safe kind of point of view. So I didn't really, I, I was getting a bit scared about series four because I thought, oh, it's going to, it's just going to be, it's going to be crap. But these last couple of episodes, yesterday's, well, like some, some. I say, yeah, this week. I mean, <gasps> we're going back to season season three. I, I loved um, the first half of season three. Then had the break and came back, and I thought the second half of season three was shit. No two ways about it. I thought it was atrocious. It was just bored. It was literally just them travelling from the prison to uh, Woodbury, and then back to the prison, and then back to Woodbury. It was just backwards, and, forth, and I thought it was awful. Again, I thought the the the, the governor who was an amazingly horrible brilliant villain in the comics was just impotent and pathetic yeah, in the just lame in the t- it's like, like they didn't want to make him too nasty but they wanted him to be nasty but they didn't they clearly should, could didn't show a lot of the stuff that he did in the comics they couldn't yeah. possibly do that but they kind of wanted they kind of flirted with it which, which was a bit weird because mm. in the comics he raped somebody and then in the tv series they kind of hint that he was about to rape somebody but he doesn't and that was that was almost creepier from from an audience point of view, that they wrote it that way, that yeah. they were kind of like, we know what you're thinking, and we're going to make think it's going to happen, and then we're not going to do it. So it's almost like they wanted to have the cake and eat it. So yeah, I'd pretty much given up on Walking Dead by the end of season three. I thought the the, the that that last episode was shit, and I just thought 
fuck that. I'm not. I'm going to watch the first episode of season four, and it little it'll literally be make or break. If that doesn't, if I'm not happy with it, then I'll, I'll just say goodbye to the series, and that'll be the end of it. And I say that as a massive fan of the comics. I'm a huge fan of the comics. Mm. Um, but yeah, this this season has really picked up, and it and this week's episode was the best episode they've had. Yeah. In a long, in a long, long, long time. time. Um, they just ladled. I mean, there's there's a lot of stupid stuff that goes on that they really need to look at. Where you kind of the audience or me as an audience member is going that it they they should there's a better way of dealing with that, and they should know it. Mm. And the writers are ignoring it. Like there's 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 been a running thing about the zombies gathering against the fence and weighing down the fence yeah. and eventually breaking down the fence. And but the thing is that happens. You know they need to be smarter than that because as an audience, I'm going fucking draw them away from the fucking fence. Just, you know, exactly. they'll follow you. You walk up the fence, they'll follow you to a different part of the fence. You keep them occupied. You know, 500 yards down the fence, and then everybody else can come and reinforce that bit of the fence. You know, I it. thought that was or... insane. Like the fact that Rick did not think of that. I was like, come on, yeah. like. They're piling up. They are pressing against the fence. Draw them away from that weak spot. Yeah. Because they were trying to think... reinforce the fence with like this terrible like like moth-eaten wood as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's right like right what? Now. Just ridiculous. But I yeah, I think the last episode was like I think partly because it was a lot more. There were a lot more zombie-related bits in it. Um, I think this series has been a bit more zombie-based, which is good because I think. In series three, I almost forgot the zombies were there for a lot of it. Yeah, with, with, yeah, with <laughs> three, we came a bit of soap opera, and then they just threw in some gratuitous, gory bits just to keep yeah. people quiet. Yeah, they'd be like, they'd be just literally just blah 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 for forty minutes, and then could have thought, oh shit, we better stick them some gory, gory zombie kills just to shut people up, so that just so that we know that we, we are supposed to be like a zombie thing, and then there'd just be like gratuitous like zombie moments, and you think, well, that didn't even need to be there. It didn't make any sense. Um, yeah, and you just thinking, you're just getting boring, and it was just, I thought the second half of the season, it was just so boring, mm. but this this has come back with like, with a, with a few little bits where you think, well, that's a bit, yeah, that's kind of dumb, you need to kind of look at that, you, you need to be smarter than that, you know, we want we want to, we read the, 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 the comic, it's just very clever in that Kirkman has thought stuff out, so the characters in the comic are always thinking and planning against eventualities, and that's what's really scary. Is they in the comics, they they're planning stuff and thinking things through and being clever, and it still turns to shit. Yeah, you know, you know. Whereas in the the, the difference between like the, the characters in the comics and the characters in the TV show is the TV show characters are just really kind of dumb, mm. and with the comics, you're just thinking, well, you did your best, and it still went to shit. In the TV, you think, well, yeah, well, you're kind of stupid, so you deserve that. Yeah, I tell you what, <laughs> you I did. Know? I tell you what, I did like though that this from this series. <laughs> Spoilers again, guys. Was I like the angle that they took with that sickness? Because you spent your entire time thinking that the zombie threat was going to come from the fence panel getting pushed down, um, and then all of a sudden, somebody just dies in the hosp- in the prison. And then all sorts of hell breaks loose. And I was like, oh, wow. The only thing I don't like about this season so far is that everybody who seems to have died is one of the new people they picked up in Woodbury. So it's not somebody yeah, I really give a shit about. Yeah, it's, it's again, like, I really liked... It got off to a really good start because I... One of my criticisms with the with season three was they got no sense of community. They were there worried about the prison that they were living in, but they hadn't actually set up anything. They were still living in one little corner. Yeah. Of a, of a prison there was only half a dozen of them whereas at this point in the which is one of my issues i mean i know you shouldn't keep comparing to the comics but in the comics 
when the kind of like the confrontation with the governor happened, they were settled into the prison. They were farming and, you know, they were secured. They were setting up a community. The community, they got a life there. Things were looking good. So they got something to lose yeah. there, you know? Whereas in the TV series, you felt like they, they barely, they hadn't even, clear, you know, cleared out the, the zombies around the fence. They hadn't fixed the fences. There was, there was still zombies wandering around the halls and stuff. They were still living in like, one little corner of the cell block. There was no feeling like they were going to... You think, well, why are they even fighting for this fucking thing? They might as well just get up and move. Yeah. Because they, they've, they've barely set... They haven't unpacked, you know? Mm. So so one of the things I liked about this one was that they felt... You know, it picks up whatever it is, like six months or 12 months later on. You did feel like they'd actually, they'd actually set up a community now. There were lots of people there. And I was really liking the fact that it was feeling like... There was, there was a community there that were settled and there was all these, you know, the fences and, you know, progress had made, been made. But like you say, then all of a sudden they've just killed everybody off yeah. over the last three episodes. But it's nobody... Anyway, okay, we're back, we're back to the core. I was going to say, yeah, it's, no, it's nobody that we really give a damn about. Is is, no. And that, that upsets me a bit because I think that's one of the things that's so unique about the comics is that you can just open it up and, and one day Rick might be dead. And that's, like, literally yeah. how he, you know, like, for God's sake, yeah, he, he, killed, is, so. he killed a baby in it, for shit's sake. Like, that is, you know, double hardcore. Yeah. So to to have everybody who's died so far this series be a sort of nobody was a bit of a weird decision. But I do think, story-wise, it has got infinitely better. Um, it has got so much better. And I think what it is, is because they've just said, nah, fuck it, we're just going to completely leave the comic behind now mm. and do a completely our own thing. And I think it's been, and that's that's done it a world of good because before they were kind of umming and ahhing about, yeah, we're kind of going to do the comic. And then when they when they stuck to the comic, they did really well. And when they did their own thing, it was shit. And now I think what they've, what they've done is better. They just said, okay, we're going to completely sever all toys with the comic, completely do our own thing, yeah. our own storylines and everything else. And, and then, because you've got nothing to compare it to, and they've got, what I couldn't understand about season three was, they had the they had the the, the story about the yeah, about Woodbury and the governor, but in the comics that was going that came much later after they'd set up a bigger long storyline in the prison with them establishing themselves in the prison. Yeah. Whereas in the TV series they brought the governor and the Woodbury thing in early and then just focused on that story and the whole story at the prison just died. There was nothing happening there at all. So they had these whole big to and fro's with characters going to and from Woodbury and dealing with the with the governor and stuff and nothing was happening at the prison at all. There was no progress there and there was no reason for it at all because they'd got the blueprint of the comic already. Yeah. So you're watching it, it was just so frustrating thinking, well, nothing's happening at the prison. The story's not moving forward. They just, they were literally for the second half of the season three, they were killing time yeah. to get to the, the, the big twist ending. Mm. That's they, all that it felt like they were doing. It's like you were saying earlier as well. Like it's, if you're going to stick to, you know, if if if, if you are going to try and do something from the comics, like the whole thing with Woodbury and the Governor, you can't do it half-arsed. Like, you know, you can't toy with the idea that this guy is an absolute badass dickface, but then just make him sort of semi a bit of a knob. Like, yeah. you know, like they they had the whole thing with the the heads in the tanks. Yeah. But then that seemed to be basically the worst thing he did. Like, and and it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. hold on a minute though. Like that, uh, th- nobody questions why he's done that, and he doesn't seem to be. Yeah. He doesn't. He actually seems like quite a, a nice guy for the most part. And it's well, only when thing with that, it, it doesn't actually match his character as he's performed. That stuff with the heads in the tanks it doesn't fit him at all. No, and it, fe- and it's, really it's, it's, 
It, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's like, well, I don't understand why it happened because the way the character's written and performed on the TV series, that doesn't make sense why you do that because he's Cause... not in the comics. He's a complete fucking psychopath. There's, there's no redeeming qualities there. So, at all. Aside, he's a complete um, maniac. Aside from the heads in the tank, you can almost rationalise everything else he does in the show, like because. Yeah. He distrusts yeah. Michonne because she distrusts him and acts like a dick the entire time she's there. Yeah. So he sends Merle after her because he's worried that she's going to go away and let their location be known to all and sundry or like launch an attack on him or whatever. So he's actually just protected his yeah. people. He's been a bit of a douche, but he's just protecting his people. Yeah. And then, you know, a little bit later, you know, the whole thing with like the, the zombie death match thing. Mm. Even that wasn't that big of a deal, like in terms of the way it was represented from the comics the, yeah. to the the TV show. Because in the TV show, it wasn't it wasn't like a, as big a deal as it should have been. Um, mm. And it seemed to me like almost a one off, like not something they do loads and loads. It was just a case of like, well, we kind of want to punish this guy for doing this thing, so yeah. have this. Then this is how we'll do it. And it didn't seem like. You know, he, his character was just represented as a sort of a, a, a fairly good guy going about things the wrong way. <laughs> and it was like, well... See I, see, I wonder how he's perceived, how the governor's perceived in the TV show by people who haven't read the comic, because I'm wondering how much I'm filling in about how bad he is. I'll have to... Uh, because I'm wondering how somebody who's never read the comic will look at him and think, no, he's actually not a bad guy. I don't understand why Michonne's got this big grudge against yeah. him. Because it doesn't make sense. Cause Michonne goes and hunts him down. And all, and he hasn't really done anything against her. That's that bad. Yeah. I mean, you know, whereas in the comic, she's got a real fucking good reason yeah. oh, God. to fucking take him apart, you know? <laughs> it's like... It's weird. It's, like, uh, I was talking to somebody on Twitter about this, and he was saying, um, at the end of the day, the governor sent Merle after her to kill her. And so she's got every reason to want to kill him. And I was like, yeah, but the governor sent Merle after her to kill her because she was acting super suspicious and then just left the place and knows exactly where it is. You know, it's not the most sensible of ways to go about your business, but you can see why he did it. You can you can rationalise it. Well, that's it. Um, you kind of think, well, if, if after that, you kind of go, OK, he's on my list. If I see him again, I'm going to kill him. It doesn't then think, well, I'm going to go back and hunt him down. It's, it doesn't, it's he's not kind, kind of done enough. No, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it was a bit, I'll have to get like my mum on the show or something because she, she has been reading The Walking Dead, but she's only as far as them just getting to the prison uh, in yeah. the comics. Uh, but she does watch the TV show. I'll have to get her on and see what she thinks about the governor. <laughs> yeah, God, that'd be so funny. Me and my mum. <laughs> I might actually do that. My mum's a fairly big nerd. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah, go for it. Um, because it would be interesting, like you say, it would be interesting to see because I I felt like all of their reactions were very, very, like, overreacting. Because, like, even the bit where he sort of, where you think he's going to rape, uh, it was Maggie, wasn't it? Yeah. Even that, the way it's acted and written, that comes across as him trying to interrogate her. And it in my head, he never had any intention to rape her. Wanted yeah, to yeah, think yeah. he was going. It was just in like an intimidation. Yeah, thing. like to me, it felt like he just wanted her to think, oh, "I'm going to rape you if you don't give me this information," so so that she would panic and talk. Which again, it's not it's not a gentlemanly thing to do. But on the other hand, they were a threat to his people and his community, so he was doing whatever he could to stop them. So I don't know. It was yeah, the the whole thing. And it, like I said, the, the governor is probably one of my all time best if that's the right word villains in fiction in the comics but in the tv i was just like just get rid of him which is why my heart sank at the end God, of yeah oh. 
when he just, I just thought, oh, fuck, is he back? Really? All I was... How could you think, oh, we're just going to get back to that shit again? We're going to jump on that merry-go-round again. All I was thinking at the end was, I hope to God that the, you know, the experience from before has frazzled this guy's mind and he's now an actual psychopath and he's the governor, honestly. That's what I'm hoping for from this arc because Mm. if he comes back and he's just sort of a half-arsed beer of a knob jockey, then I can't, I'm not going to be able to get behind it. But if he comes back, super hardcore, double-hard bastard, dick face, then I'll be totally on board, but... Yeah, I'll tell you what I don't want. I don't want another whole episode set with just him and Rick sitting at a table um, talking oh shit. God. Because that was the dullest episode in the fucking world. Snore, yeah. That was, was, and it was like, you're watching, I was thinking, do you know what? I'm sure this should be tense. You know, if Tarantino had written this, <laughs> this would be the tensest fucking era of television ever. And they wouldn't even, they, the, the dialogue wouldn't even necessarily be that different. It'd just have different intonations. Because he, like, it's like at the start of, like the first, it's basically the the first scene of Inglorious Bastards, but expanded over a whole episode. Whereas you got that kind of that scene at the start of Inglorious Bastards, where you got the uh, the SS guy and the French farmer just chit chatting about milk and smoking and this and that, and talking about his job and how he looks for Jews, but he doesn't hate Jews and all this kind of stuff. And it's all just small talk, but it's also one of the most tense scenes you've ever seen in your fucking life, you know. Because it's all about subtext and it's all about atmosphere and everything like that. Whereas you got then you got Walking Dead with Rick and the governor chatting over this table, and you're just thinking, this is fucking boring. Just do something. There's no sense of tension there at all. Yeah. And no sense of anything, not even anything being done, nothing interesting being said, or nothing being nothing moved. Yeah, no progress being made. It was literally just felt like filler. Yeah. I I Uh, felt like for Series 3, somebody posted something on Facebook that I reposted that I thought was really fucking funny because it was so true. And it was like a a diagram of episodes of The Walking Dead. And it was like, you know, first sort of three to five minutes, really interesting, exciting thing that has happened coming from the cliffhanger from last week, about 20 minutes of talking and or walking, and and then about 10 minutes of somebody either crying or some people trying to be in love but failing miserably because it's zombie apocalypse. And then, oh, oh, last two minutes, amazing cliffhanger that makes you want to watch the next episode. And I was like, that is true because every episode, like towards the middle, I was just like, God, I'm so bored. Has this been on for like six hours? What is happening? But then something would happen at the end that would be like, oh, great, now I've got to watch the next one. Fuck. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, exactly the same The same blueprint was used for the last season of Dexter. Yes. That whole, every episode of that last season of Dexter was padding, 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 amazing cliffhanger. And it was literally like, like they had no idea what was going to happen in each episode apart from the cliffhanger at the yeah, end. Yeah, the very first episode of that series, like me and Rich were basically asleep like halfway through. And then they brought yeah. in uh, Vogel and she mentioned... Yeah. Oh, well, that's going to be against your code, isn't it? And it's like, dun, dun, dun. And I was like, whoa, this is going to be good. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, it was, I was crushed by that last season. I was, because <gasps> I loved that show. I loved that show. And the last season just felt like the writers had just completely fucking given up. I... And, I, and I, I struggled through that. Every episode seemed like about two hours long. I, was, I, I remember checking my watch thinking, is this nearly done? And it had only been like 20 minutes in. It's like, oh, my God, I really don't know if I can get through this whole episode. I um, I talked about this a bit last episode, but there were two, my two biggest issues with the whole of the series was what they did to Deb 
they yeah. took a character who was strong and confident and uh, yeah a little bit of a unladylike tit at times uh, but she yeah. was a good cop you know she was a good detective she was they broke her down to just being some sort of sad little lap dog type thing yeah. and then she literally just became dexter's sister yeah. in that last season and and you think that was fucking disgusting. The completely, uh, the completely undignified way in which she was seen off. Because, yeah. you know, I tried to... To be fair, last last uh, last episode, Brenda did make the very good point that Dexter is a psychopath. So mm. burying his sister at sea did make sense. But to me... Well, you do what because I I listened to that I remember because but she'd only seen the first season yeah and that's what Dexter was like in the first season. By the time you got to what was it eight? Yeah, was that the, the last season? He'd completely he 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 was virtually humanized by the time he got to that last season, which was what it was about. Which is why that like you said that last bit with him taking Deb from the hospital and dumping her at sea, which is so bizarre. Yeah, like I just all I could think was if you'd have left her in the hospital and just turned off the machines, right? She would have got a proper policeman's burial, yeah. well respected. With honours and, and everything. Honours. It would be so dignified. It would be the exact kind of funeral her character would have deserved. No, she yeah. gets dumped in the ocean in a fucking hospital game. Yeah. And the fact they killed her off, off screen as well <laughs> was shit. Yeah. That it was, literally, they just came back and he went, oh, where is she? Oh, she's gone. You think, fucking what? She, oh, things are good. Well, she's virtually killed. She was like, you know, she's like as good as dead, as good as died. You know, and she, oh no, she, there were complications, and that was it. And you just think, really? That's the best. What I thought, and what I thought was going to happen was, because I thought one of the few decent things about the series was, was that in the penultimate episode, he says goodbye to his dad, because obviously he'd been haunted by his dad yeah. through the whole series. And then I thought that was a really not touching scene where he said, okay, you don't need me anymore, and his dad disappears. What I thought was that the reason they were killing off Deb is then she, at the end of the episode, she popped up. As his neck, as his conscience again, taking the place of his dad, and she'd be the ghost kind of thing yeah. for the for the second for the last, and that was the reason they killed her off, okay. and that would have been the reason for killing her off. But they didn't do that, and I'm like, what? There was literally no reason to that's, kill her off, and I thought that was disrespectful to the character and the actress. Yeah. To be fair, that's another reason as well that the ending didn't make sense because he said goodbye to his dad, basically saying goodbye to all of his demons and embracing normality, and yet for some reason still didn't go back to Hannah and his kid. You know that yeah. that whole sort of stick of oh well everything goes wrong when uh, when I'm around you know you can't be around me because you'd be in danger blah de blah but you've just said you're going to have a normal life you are now a, a yeah. lumberjack for fuck's sake yeah and it's, it makes no yeah sense. I mean if that gives you I know originally they were supposed he was supposed to die and then the, the studio said you can't kill him off blah 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 but still you know and then you just and it it just didn't make sense he sent his kids off with. A serial killer. Him, who's, you know, she, she's still. She might be good looking, but she's still a fucking killer. And the thing is, as well, she's actually <laughs> killed fairly recently. And she Dexter yeah. up about four episodes prior. Like it's not like she's. You know, she's definitely not yeah. reformed. I wouldn't yeah. leave my kid with her. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. That whole last season, I had to. I keep meant to go back and check to see if it was like a complete raft of new writers because it felt like whoever was writing it had no kind of knowledge or affection or any connection to the characters previously because like, everybody everybody was just off model they're they're way away from you know their characterization and, and characters even like new characters like that detective guy who was like a nice guy through the most of the series and then like four or five episodes from the end suddenly turned into a complete arsehole yeah 
And then and he was like, oh no, well we've decided we're going to kill this guy off, and we can't have Dexter killing off a nice guy, so we're going to turn him into a psycho, so we can kill him off without with a clear conscience. And it was just bizarre. Yeah. And what um, was that stuff with Quinn as well? Didn't they do like a whole thing of him trying to become a detective, but then he didn't, and yeah. then that was that. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah, every, I mean, and the stuff with um, what's his name? The 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 other like pathologist, the the, the pervy. Oh, um, Masuka. Masuka, yeah. With his daughter, where you just like petered out, like that was going on, and then last episode it just stopped. <laughs> it was yeah. like, oh, well, you know, forget about it, and that was it. There was no resolution of that story at all. It was just, it was just so bizarre, and it was, it just felt the whole, it just felt like really lazy soap opera writing. I mean, there was just really just horrible, horrible. There was, a, there was a bit where I don't even remember where Dex is doing his detective bit on the computer. And he finds like a picture of a kid who he thinks might be the killer. And then he ages the, the child, yeah. the, this photo of the child. And it looks, when he ages it, it looks exactly like this person who's a suspect. And he can go, oh, well, that's clearly the same person. And that person must be the killer then. And that's, and you just think that doesn't happen. No. That's, that's not real. That's, that's atrocious. That's ridiculous. He does it in like five minutes. No. And it was just interesting. That's that's just lazy writing. That's horrible soap opera writing. Yeah. That, and this is a good show. This well, is a grown up show. This is the thing. Like I can forgive stupid things like that because, like you know, I'm not the kind of person who watches Dexter and thinks that you know that that's how exactly how police departments and forensics departments actually run. Like you don't just walk in and out of your job as Dexter does, not explain where you're yeah. going or what you're doing and just wonder around and do whatever <laughs> yeah. you like. That's not how it happens. Yeah. But I can overlook that because, I mean, the first series of Dexter was just amazing telly. You know, that first episode yeah. where it opens with the, uh, the, the the drained body cut into bits in the swimming bath thing. It was just like, what is this show? It's amazing. But that last, that last series, it, it bore no resemblance to Dexter. No. It had all the same people in it, but it bore no resemblance. Yeah, it was it was it was a whole other. That's why, that's why it makes me want to just check who was writing it because it does feel like, and it didn't feel like a grown-up show anymore. It felt like like a, like a team like the A Team or something like that. It felt it like a, a kids' show to me. It felt a bit sort of CSI like with quick fixes, yeah. ridiculous technology, and stupid. Oh, I just didn't. Yeah. I love how about half an hour ago I said, "Is there anything else you want to briefly mention before?" <laughs> yeah. And I said, "Nah, we're done." <laughs> so, yeah, we should probably yeah wrap it up now. I think. Probably wrap it up. Um, is there anything other than uh, small press, big mouth that you would like to plug before we shimmy? No, well, you can find me on Twitter. That's I'll, I'll, I'll plug my Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at lovelylee underscore g. So come and follow me on Twitter, and I'll if it, you know I'll waffle on a load more shit about comics and stuff <laughs> on there as I do. Splendid. Um, well, that was episode 22 then, guys. Hope you enjoyed that fairly epic ramble. Um, <laughs> don't know how I'm going to cut this down into an hour and a half worth of podcast, but hey. If you want to get in touch with me, uh, I am looking out for more people to be on the show because my list of people to come on is ever dwindling. Um, so if you want to join me on the show as a co-host, you can drop me an email at stacysparlor at gmail.com. Or you can come and harass me on Twitter where I am Stace Bob T. And that's that's about it for this episode. Then thank you for joining me, lovely Lynn. Oh, thank you for having me on. It's been great fun. I'm glad you had a good time. I always get a bit uh, the the one the one problem with this format is that occasionally you just think, What if I just don't get along with whoever I record <laughs> with and it just becomes the worst episode ever? But I've got to put it out because it's the only one I've got. 
But uh, this wasn't the worst episode ever, thankfully. Yay! Second oh. one. Yes. <laughs> Freeze frame. I think the fact that we've been talking for nearly two and a half hours is a bit of a testament to... Yeah, I was kind of worried. <laughs> I thought this is going to be a really short episode. We're going to be like half an hour and that's it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> if there's one thing I know how to do, it's tangents. <laughs> and digressions. Um, yes, thank you again for coming on, and uh, I will see all you lovely listeners next month. I'm thinking about putting out an extra episode next month simply because this episode will come out about two or three days before Thought Bubble. So I may do a little extra episode next month to do a little con review type thing and maybe talk about how I made a tit out of myself trying to talk to Kelly Sue because that's inevitable <laughs> so look forward to that uh, otherwise it'll be a christmas episode oh, christmas. so excited for christmas. i'm like a small child i am i love christmas it's terrible it's oh, i started organizing the uh, secret santa at work today and i just got so excited i made a spreadsheet and i put a <laughs> tree in it and i got very excited it is it is it's so exciting i can't wait can't wait uh but anyway i'm gonna go and make sure this recorded because <laughs> that would be a bit terrible wouldn't it that would, um, uh, that would be a very safe thing to do <laughs> it really would anyway to our listeners okay. bye-bye bye Fear what you found. Wonder where the 